Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Just want to set the uh, set the expectations before the podcast starts. Uh, my microphone broke in travel, so it sounds sounds not the worst. It's listenable, but just a heads up, it definitely sounds like I'm kind of in a tin can. Also, I somehow uh, developed the flu mid-episode, so I sound like I'm becoming a decrepit human throughout. Uh, send your uh, so send your your well wishes this holiday season. Uh, enjoy the episode. To infinity and beyond! The Lord tells me he can get me out of this mess, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. is why you fail. You can't handle the truth! Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Say hello to my little friend! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Say what again! Say what again! I dare you! I double dare you, motherfucker! Say what one more goddamn time! What we've got here is failure to communicate. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Geek in our son! Welcome to Lights, Camera, Barstool, episode 215, Jeff Loken, Jack, Trollballins. It's the Star Wars episode. Apologies off the top, I sound kind of sick, but just going to get that out of the way. Oh yeah, it's the Star Wars episode, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. We're going to talk about this movie (laughs) Uh, as objectively as possible, which I think will be pretty easy because we have... Shocker off the top, we all share basically the same feeling on the movie. Um, and that's very like meh, like yeah. So we'll dive into that feeling. Yeah, yeah. I have some thoughts. We're but talk. you're not ready for that conversation. You y'all ain't ready Actually, for this. You are, that's why you're listening to the yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, off the top, for those who follow social media for this podcast, you'll know that Trill and I saw the movie together. It's true. That wasn't a stranger? It was a delight. Yeah, no, it wasn't a stranger. I hate to hate to lift the veil of uh, Hollywood magic on you, Ken Jack, but Fuck. it was it was delightful. It was delightful seeing a movie with Jeff. It's a lot it of was, fun. It was fun. The the projector broke. Uh, we we started like thirty minutes late. Uh, that was a fun Buddy, time. That's just called the trailers. You know what I'm saying? Hey. It's the start of my set. Well, what's up with tra- trailers Fox. these days? They're, they're, they're too long. They're too long. These trailers. The best part. The best part is like we both have the same philosophy for uh, uh, attire for going to the movie. Like I'm traveling, so all I had was uh, sweatpants. Yeah, you look and like so I wore sweatpants, but <laughs> yeah, I was on Barry and uh, Jeff wore <laughs> athletic shorts. We're on the same wavelength. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, so the, the movie broke for a while. The theater people came in, said, "Hey, while you're waiting for this movie you paid for, please come buy more food." We said sorry for any inconvenience. He said, he said, feel free to go get some snacks at the snack bar. It's like, feel okay. Admiral snack bar. <laughs> like, I thought it'd be our privilege if you came and gave us money. It's a it, snack. It has like one of those uh, like screens on up on a thing when like, you know, when they would say, like, yeah, sorry for the inconvenience. This Jar Jar like, oopsie daisies. We <laughs> made a mistake. Cinemark actually sells blankets with their cat mascot on it. I want to know who buys them, but that cat, cat mascot. 
A cat has big furry energy too. <laughs> like big furry energy. <laughs> um, speaking of cats, we will talk about cats. Troll and I, we're going to see cats actually, but he's, he's skipping out of town. So uh, he is, his, his stint in Austin is short. He's light speed so. skipping. Yeah. We will not be seeing cats, unfortunately together though. We, we had the desire to do so. It's unfortunate. I, uh, I listened to the soundtrack a little bit. Let's talk about it. when We talk about cats. You want to mm-hmm. get into it? We, we have a lot of thoughts on cats as well. We'll, well. So here's the thing with cats. We'll set the precedent right now. I know people want to hear us talk about cats. We haven't seen the movie. We got to see the movie. Uh, Despite what the LCV Twitter says, we did send out a troll tweet that we gave the movie all 95s or above. Felt like we had to put our stamp on this movie and everyone kind of stole our valor uh, by making fun of it and talking about how crazy it was. So we went the opposite direction. We've not seen it. We're going to talk about it next week. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about what has happened with cats <laughs> and, and why that's happened uh, in, in news, of course. But uh, it's, uh, I think sad would be the best way to describe it. It's, it's sad to see. Is it? I think it is. I, I think I we would have like liked it. if it was. You kind of like that it's a disaster. What did we think it was going to be? This was a this was an irony bit we did the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't no, like literally, yeah. Do you remember the remember the the picture that they had after um, Last Jedi, where it was like a picture of Mark Hamill ripped his shit with like ten fucking Death Stars like linked together, shooting out something, and like like so like hot chick in the background, like it. We did that bit. They did the bit. Yeah, did the bit. We did the bit. Yeah. Did the cats bit. Yeah, we did do the cats bit. Okay. Well, we'll get into cats. We'll get into Star Wars. We'll get into all that. We're also going to be doing a, a draft of sorts, doing our, our five favorite awful Star Wars character names. And there are some great ones. I mean, every character, if they've appeared on screen, basically has a name in this universe. Uh, we tried to pluck the best of the best. Uh, this episode, though, brought to you in part by Bel Air. That's right, Luke Bel Air. Uh, you're, you're ringing in that new year. You need some bubbly, right? I mean, I you do. don't have to. You don't have to have some, but mm. you, if you want a drink, there's only one to have. If you're 21 be, or older. True, yes, exactly. That would be Luke Belair. Uh, so ring in 2020 with a bit of that bubbly, uh, like we'll be doing with Belair, an award-winning French bubbly. And uh, I mean, yeah, we can tell you it's, it, it's pretty good. No other champagnes are going to compare, uh, especially if you're, if you're trying to have a ton of people over. You're trying to have some fun. Uh, you got to try it. Comes in four exceptional varieties for any taste or occasion, including America's number one French rosé, Belair rosé, number one. It's French, baby. The top. Uh, oh. French, much like Babu Frick. Let's just say yeah, just like Babu Frick. Electric Star Wars character. Uh, Bel Air is perfect for ringing in that new year. Uh, we have some bottles. We actually got some engraved bottles. Very nice bottles. Pretty sick, very, actually. Very fancy with our logo. Rosé is uh, delicious. Enjoy the incredible taste of Bel Air French Bubbly without spending twice as much as you would for other brands. you got to spend money on all the other nonsense in New Year's. You don't want to spend twice as much. On all that alcohol, uh, get your bottles of Bel Air delivered to your door, too, to make sure you can raise your glass when the ball drops. Bel Air, uh, this is a new tradition. you got to start. Pop a cork, have a little bit of bubbly, and ring in 2020 like we are. Take advantage of Luke Bel Air's Say Goodbye to 2019 Super Sale. Get 30% off your first order by going to lukebelair.com slash lights. This offer is not available in stores, only online. Luke Bel Air, L-U-C-B-E-L-A-I-R-E.com slash lights for 30% off your first order. Uh, we're going to get to a trailer first. Not Cats, not Star Wars. Christopher Nolan, folks, what did you say before the show started? He's doing the time thing again. He's back at it, exploring the concepts of time. Time. Time, time, time. Listen, yes. They call him the Watchman. Even the, the logo is a palindrome? Is that what that is? Word backwards and forwards? Yes. That, 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 yeah, 
Palindrome is actually that's a Pauly Shore movie. You're missing that up. I'm, I'm pretty sure he actually made <laughs> Tenet is not a thing, so he kind of made it up. But whatever. The uh, Leaning Tower of Jesus. Sorry, I had to do it. Contractual. <laughs> we can't thing. mention I, it. I, I got to do it. Gotta we cannot talk it. about Pauly Shore without the impression once. There is no synopsis for this movie. No, not rightfully so. It no looked awesome. Has. I just don't know what it what it is. So there were two trailers. There's a regular trailer which you can view online, and there's another one that played before Rise of Skywalker and IMAX. It was a six minute scene. This is what Christopher Nolan does every movie. He takes like a, a five six minute scene, he drops it before a major December movie, and then his movie comes out the following summer. Uh, but I thought it looked pretty damn awesome. I will say that the extended scene in IMAX was very cool too. It involved uh, people and like posing as cops, then some cops in Russia with an attack on a on a like a an opera house kind of, or like it was like a concert. It was nuts. Um, I don't understand if John David Washington's character or like these characters, they're in like some sort of afterlife can perceive events before they happen. Then they happen. It's, it's insane. It's definitely going to bend and twist the old mind like Nolan wants. And I am very, very excited for 10. Very pumped. Yeah. I, I like, um, so like with the time thing, right? Obviously, Inception, um, that had time elements of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty big. I'm gonna say like not just elements, because I'm thinking about like what did it have to do with time, and it was kind of the time slowing down and time, you know, like having different uh, relative positions within the different dreams, whatever. Uh, Inter Interstellar, big time movie, and then Dunkirk indirectly. TikTok was kind of kind of about time, and then TikTok the app about time as well. Also, so. So this one, this uh, trailer mentions time. It mentions time, so I, I got that feeling. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to try to stay spoiler-free for this one. Normally, I like to spoil movies to um, kind of hedge my disappointment. I think I, think I safeguard my, my own heart with spoilers. With, with these, I, I get the feeling that Christopher Nolan's, I, I, we have a lot of trust for this guy. Right, like he just like he comes out with a movie, and you, you always think it's going to be pretty good. So I, I have no worries here, and these are ones where I do like the twist being an actual surprise, if there is a twist. Hmm. I think that uh, Nolan is one of those guys really just can't miss. Like I think that at worst we'll call like maybe one of all of his films like overrated. Like and we'll disagree on which one we think which, that is. Uh, well, and that's basically it, right? Like I didn't like kinda... Dunkirk as much as you guys did, and I know you guys don't yeah. like Interstellar that much. So I think like that's at worst our disappointment with. But the majority of people were typically in the minority on that. So it's yeah, like... and it, yeah, it, but I mean, like, I guess that's just kind of setting the ceiling for this, or, or the rather the uh, the floor for this is like. He really can't miss. And this is, I mean, it's an awesome cast. I think the concept already looked just based off what we could see. I didn't see the uh, uh, the new trailer, or rather the extended beginning trailer thing yet, because I haven't seen the Rise of Skywalker again in theaters yet. Um, but the trailer I thought looked cool. Again, going back into time, we're seeing that do like it's like a reverse imprint of time because he knows where the, the SWAT dude is going to come out. He's like, when did this happen? He's like, oh, it hasn't happened yet. And then the guy comes out, so... Clearly, we're going to have a, some sort of weird imprint on time, like how it like, fades into your reality and all that shit. Did get a little bit of 600 Underground vibes right in the beginning, where the guy dies, but he doesn't really die. And they're like, yeah, welcome to the Underground. Christopher Nolan's editing the movie to be more like Six Underground, I've heard. Mm-hmm. You're eight now, John David Washington. I love the cast. Yeah, it's great. You know, John David Washington and R-Pats, who is going to have a huge year. 2020, the year of the R-Pats, I think. I'm feeling it. And then uh, he's got his muse back, his muse, Michael Caine. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I like when directors work with the same actors, but it is also nice when they turn them over a little bit. But then they have somebody like Michael Caine, who's probably not going to have that huge of a role, but it's going to be enough for you to get your Michael Caine fill for a while. Mm-hmm. He gets out of the attic that he's trapped in. A yeah. bit of a difference, Rest though, for Nolan, because Hans Zimmer is not doing the movie. Pretty uh, crazy. It's, your, it's a, uh, what do you call it? Blue Good Gordonson, right? Yeah, it's the guy who he... Creed, loved Mandalorian. Yep, Creed. Most recently, you'll recognize from Mandalorian. But I also... Uh, he, he, the... he definitely wanted a same similar style to Hans Zimmer because the music mm-hmm. still has a very Hans Zimmer vibe to it. I, I watched the trailer and I thought it was Hans Zimmer. I looked it up, but... Yeah, this I think uh, Ludwig is one of the hottest commodities right now in terms mm-hmm. of music, and not just from compositions. Like he's he's hot. He's, he's done the Creed movies. He he. Oh. I think he works with Kugler uh, pretty extensively, and then he also uh, worked with Childish Gambino a little bit, and did uh, he did the uh, Redbone, and This Is America. I he believe. also just is very sexy, which is I thought what you were going to say. There's just something about the Swedes. Right, they, mm-hmm. they're uh, Max Martin. I think also a Swede. They 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 know how to make hits. It's something mm-hmm. about like I don't know if it's like something, some well that like Abba created and they all drink from. But like I feel like the Swedes always bring it in terms of uh, entertainment, popular music. I don't know about entertainment, but just like music, for for sure. they've had an oversized I think contribution to producing hits because Max Martin. It's had some of the biggest hits of all time. Was Avicii Swedish? Am I, gonna, am I wrong on that? He was uh, Swedish, yeah. Yeah, obviously Swedish House Mafia, Swedish. Mm-hmm. Chris Don't Martin, you worry, child. Not Swedish. Remember that one? Yeah, what a hit. A song. It's a real hit. Uh, <laughs> I listened to that on repeat on Spotify maybe 2,000 times when it first came out. Or may not, well, maybe not Spotify, iTunes or whatever. And uh, boy, it's just an okay song. It's like I didn't. It did not deserve to be played that much, many times. It's a me. camaraderie song. You listen to that mm-hmm. with your friends and you're drinking. You get happy mm-hmm. and excited. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but yeah, Tenet. I'm very pumped for this. I think everyone is. Theater got a couple of claps here and there when I was watching it. Uh, so I tell you, know people were amped. They did cha- another projector story. No, I won't hang on this one that long. That's fucking sounds are boring as I set it up. Uh, but <laughs> Tales they, from the crypt. They like. I, he like sent he sent the movie. Christopher Nolan personally sent all the the previews himself. But they sent the movie <laughs> like not on the same way that they would present an IMAX movie. So they had to swap the the projector. And there was like a there was like a hair on the projector, and you could see this like small like eyelash or something. <laughs> just the ent- and I actually <laughs> thought it was part of Tenet for a minute. So when, it's Trill's rogue Roomba just spit up a pube up onto the screen. <laughs> oh what? <laughs> <laughs> how do you know that happens a lot at home that's a frequent problem yeah i i'm just uh i'm just imagining christopher nolan emailing the digital file out to everybody from his aol email account his hotmail it's like it's roland nolan at aol <laughs> nolan loud at <laughs> dream sniper at 62 game master flex at netscape Oh my god. <laughs> Goku Sephiroth. <laughs> just I, the, the whole thought of him actually handing out the, the copies is very funny. Just like, <laughs> they're not to Des Moines. What's the Des Moines theaters haven't received them yet? Yeah, to, yeah. Like, Some manager at Cinemark has to respond and be like, Mr. Nolan, you didn't attach anything to the file. <laughs> you, and it's a big reply you, all chain. It's like I didn't get it either. Yep. <laughs> and he just replies back to them, All right, try this and just tenant at dot mp4 
shit. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> don't reply all, please. Yeah, it has to be played via real player. <laughs> we don't have quick time, Christopher. That, I'm sorry. I mean, real player. That just reminds me of the Attack of the Clones trailer. That just oh, mm. when I think real player, I think Attack of the Clones trailer. Mm-hmm. What a maybe one of the shittiest pieces of software ever written, by the way. <laughs> real, real player, real player media, right? Yeah, not real media player. There's the come on, it can't be still a thing. That's it's, just it's only in a real. It's in a MIDI file or whatever. What was the thing from Tim and Eric? It was oh, his yeah. real player was bought by a VC firm and relaunched as like a digital alarm clock sold at Kohl's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, cats. Uh-huh. Let's talk about cats for a minute. Uh, okay. It's not good. We're we're not going to go too far into this because I don't want to rehash what we're going to talk about next week. But apparently. They've changed the CGI again, and they're resending out new copies of the movie as if that's going to do anything. What was it, Judy Dench's hand was showing or something, right? It's like Kanye is like, I'm going to fix wolves. Tom (laughs) Hooper's just like, I'm going to fix cats. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to pretend I know more than movie studios. I'm going to know right now, right here, that... I know for a fact this isn't going to change anything. Well, no. it was apparently you saw the picture, right? Is because Judy Dench's hand and with her wedding ring and everything were showing at one point during the film, and like it was very noticeable. So I guess it's just like we understand the film's a piece of shit. We don't want it to be in like that bad of a piece of shit. We're like, you know, what was it in Gladiator where that one dude was like walking in the background with jeans and they just forgot yeah. to cut it out? Like that's yeah. unnoticeable. But if you just have like everybody's like anthropomorphic cats and then Judy Dench's hand is just showing like human hand, can't do that. Can't mess that up. <laughs> Yeah, that you know, I said we were doing a bit. Like, I guess you're right, Jeff. I did kind of want it to be good. The thing's so ridiculous. It was one of those things where it was almost like you want to see something succeed uh, in in the face of all the odds stacked up against it. And then this comes out, and it's a flaming dump. And what are you going to do? Um, everybody saw this coming. I I'm. <laughs> Like, I don't want to say I'm at a loss for words because I really want to sit here and talk about cats after we've seen cats. Uh, the one thing I will say is I listened to some of the soundtrack on yes. your Apple Music or Spotify or whatever app I used, and uh, they, they ruined two of my favorite songs. They ruined uh, Mr. Mistopheles. They, they made it all slow, and then Mr. You know, Mr. Mistopheles is a grand song, and the, the Mr. Mistopheles, this version, is very uh, timid. And then, the, of course, Buster for Jones sounds just like Stewie Griffin. I'm sorry. Like, James Corden sounds exactly like Stewie Griffin singing Buster for Jones. So, the, the Buster for Jones song is... Buster for Jones. He's not skinning bones. In fact, I'm going to play it. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it in right here. I'm going to pull up uh, just a small part of the Buster for Jones from the movie. It can be no surprise that under our eyes he has grown unmistakably round. I'm a 25-pounder, or I am a founder, and I'm putting on weight every day. And I'm so well preserved because I've observed all my life a routine, and I'd say I am still in my prime. I shall last out my time. That's the word from the stoutest of
you're right on Mr. Aristophilus. It's a fun song. And that's, that's, well, that's, that's actually, not only here's the thing, that's the thing with the Broadway show. It's successful because even though it's weird and it doesn't make much sense, there's, there's, it's kind of hard to follow. And it's like these small anthologies about cats and it all just kind of wraps up. Right. Music is fun. It's enjoyable music. Uh, Rum Tum Tugger is a fun character, sings a lot of the songs. Uh, Jason Derulo plays him. He doesn't sing them in the new movie. He doesn't sing Mr. Mistopheles, which mm. is a pretty big misfire. I think like, how do you not have like, how do you, like why not yeah. keep that true to form? Like Jason Derulo is a very recognizable voice singer. In music. He's a singer. That's literally yeah. what he does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a strange move. And so to, to, to take something that's already weird and not very adaptable for movies and then make it a little weirder. That's not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's a glaring idea. I listen to the album and it, it is significant. Like it's very obvious listening to the album. If you've seen the Broadway show, what the problem with the movie? It's not even seeing the movie. So we have suspension of disbelief, very common thing. But there's something else, and I know it's not official, but I'm making it up right here on the spot. So suspension of ridiculousness. And when you go to Broadway shows, your suspension of ridiculousness is so high because that's just kind of the expectation. You don't see that in movies. So you get that same weird broad, Broadway weirdness in a movie, it just doesn't work out. It has to be brought down to yeah. earth a little bit. And you got to tweak the story a little bit. Right, like, I, I there's no story from what I read. It's all the cats are praying for for cat Jesus cats to be kill singing, and they want to but die. Like, exactly, and they're horny. Like, make a story out of it. Tweak it a little bit. It's a huge budget. Big that, people. That's the story. They're horny as hell. Uh, they, they, there's a chance though. Dip. There's a chance they could could become a cult movie though. Cult classic. Rocky Howard it's, horror style. It's gonna be a pop. It's gonna have a mark on pop culture. That's for sure. People will remember cats, but I just yeah. don't think for. The reasons Tom Hooper and company really, especially Taylor Swift, you know, she's going to want to disassociate with this quickly. I kind of felt like she was very, she was disassociating it with it pretty quickly after mm-hmm. like she went in and do the initial filming. Cause like, well, she, you know, but she also was promoting her new, her new album. So maybe not. She did all that behind the scenes stuff where she was like, um, like she seemed super happy, I guess, on set when they were like showing all the green screen shit and moving around like cats. She seemed super into it. I think once she saw like one look at the actual product, she was like, okay, we're going to have to dial back my, my, uh, my role in uh, promoting this a little bit. (laughs) Maybe not. I mean, she probably promoted the shit out of it and I just hadn't been paying attention. Uh, I think Taylor Swift is the big winner out of cats because apparently she's only in the movie for a very limited time. uh, Just like the McRib. And she got nominated for an uh, Golden Globe or whatever. Yeah, Golden Globe. Yeah, so she might get an Oscar nom, and that's that's pretty that's pretty big for Taylor Swift's brand right now. I think as as Taylor just turned thirty, in terms of uh, being a a you know musical artist uh, and maturing a little bit, I think I think that recognition beyond just the Grammy space is is big. So I think she'll be fine. And she's Taylor Swift. Uh, I don't know if Tom Tom will be fine. The Hoopman? Yeah. Tom Hooper. I, I don't know. Like that, that's uh, I, this is one of those things I could see a studio not having a lot of trust in someone after doing this. But I'm not inside. I'm not inside the industry. I don't know what goes on. I'm just at a at thirty thousand feet view. It is. It is such a catastrophe. <laughs> catastrophe. Catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> Folks. That that who knows who knows what's going to go on. But somebody's. Uh, somebody's lucky that the rise of Skywalker and the conversation around that has, has seemed to kind of uh, 
it completely eclipsed this. Cats had a day online, right? Had a mm-hmm. day where everybody probably made fun of it. The People were still talking day, about yeah. the rise of Skywalker. Yeah, because if it was if if it was really good, it'd have been a lot of high fun. Well, okay, let me let me let me retract that statement. If it was universally considered really good, because there are people who like Rise of Skywalker a lot. If it was universal praise, then there'd be a lot of high fiving. You know, then you go, okay, what else? And you go, holy shit, look at cats. Where you just no one cares. They're too busy arguing about. Maybe that was the plan. Maybe that's why they wanted to go head to head with Star Wars. Maybe they're like they took one look at this, the producers and the executive producers, and they're like, "This is so shitty. We need to, we need this to be drowned out by a bigger fish." They just take yeah. the they just they got the cyanide capsule in the back of their mouth. Mm-hmm. I only don't <laughs> believe stated. that. I only don't believe that because I think the I, I, that's a great theory, but I think the fact that the review embargo was at a different time in Star Wars. If they would have dropped the review embargo at the time of Star Wars, I would be 100% bought into that conspiracy. Mm. That that would have been the reason. That would have answered the question we've had for a while. More like hey, Tom Blooper. What, Folks, did, um, what are the box office numbers like for Star Wars while we're talking about the... So like oh, 200 million the first day or something. How does yeah. that compare to the previous two? Do we... I, I don't know what the trajectory is. I would usually be able to tell you, but Box Office Mojo nuked their site, so it's kind of oh, hard for me yeah. to... That's good. Give, give the easy numbers. It's, but it, uh, but it it's did not break right. records on Thursday night like it was supposed. It was projected it may have done. Uh, but it's powered by IMDb Pro. It's a pro version of IMDb, so you know it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. It's that stamp of pro that makes me know that Cats sixty did, bucks uh, I'm paying for it is worth it. Cats did six point five million dollars this weekend, according to Box oh, Office Jesus. Mojo. Which how, how many millions won. of irony is that too? Like how many people saw it? Just well, out of pure ironic reasons so i mean to put that in perspective knives out did 6.1 million knives out been out a couple weekends already i think knives out actually i would guess knives out's probably outperforming what they thought it would be just based on how good the movie is Mm -hmm. that seems pretty high for this last weekend but cats did 6.5 rise of skywalker did 175 and uh then the next highest one was jumanji at 26 so I don't really know what those numbers mean, but they're numbers. Uh, cats, folks, I'm calling cats it. Cats are horny. I'm calling it. Uh, not good. Yeah, those poor jellicles, baby. They're just trying to go to heaven as dead cats. Didn't they have to CGI Jason Redula, Derulo's, Derulo's cock and balls? Yeah. Yeah, his, his, his wiener. That's what he said. It feels like it's so forced of a narrative at this point that I think it's all made up. So, Jason, you want to DM me your dick? I definitely won't post it if you're out there. I mean, we know he's a listener. He was in the office and he gave us a wave. He walked right by the the window and gave us a very nice head nod and a wave as if he wanted us to talk about cats. But I was going to invite him on to talk about his his dick and balls. I thought that'd be rude. Like on live radio. I was like, "Eh, it's it's probably a discussion for another time. That can be edited out. Jason Derulo. Had some had some hot bangers in the 2010s. He did, no doubt about it. Very good. Early hair looked good. Hair looks really good, by the way. Now, you are correct, sir. Uh, But from Cats to Fast and Furious Nine, because folks, we have some of our first bits of news on Fast and Furious Nine. We are going to learn a lot the weekend of the Super Bowl in Miami. Uh, The tweet from uh, at the Fast Saga, which I don't think that used to be their Twitter handle. I do believe they changed it recently. Uh, the fast saga continues. You're invited to join the cast at the road to hashtag F9, which seems to be what they're going to call the movie. 
live concert and trailer drop in Miami, Friday, January 31st, 2020, featuring musical performances by Cardi B with Khalifa and Charlie Puth. I think Ludacris is also going. Uh, so Charlie Puth. So if you're, if you're home on January 31st, Friday night, you have nothing to do, tune in to the, fast, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> the F9 live concert and trailer drop uh, from Miami. Charlie Puth. All time, like, who the fuck is this guy when that song dropped? Yes. The Furious 7. I think the story is he wrote the song, and then they liked him so much on the reference track, they just kept him in, and his career's taken off. Like, I really like that song, Attention, he did. But the only the only other person in modern music history, like, who's, like, a big, like, who is this person, is Colby O'Donis and Just Dance. I, mean, I gotta look it up. Hold on. Yeah, you know how there's that male portion of Lady Gaga's "Just Dance." It's a very good singer. Uh, I, you know, probably a great guy. How do you spell it? Colby O'Donis. O'Donis. Yeah, it's just yeah, look up "Let's Dance." Dance. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Uh-oh. you know featuring Colby O'Donis, and at the time you're like, you're kind of like, I kind of know who Lady Gaga is, but who's this other person? And when I saw Charlie Puth, I'm like, who, who's Charlie Puth? He looks He's like got a funny name too. I mean, Charlie Puth is a Star Wars character name. Yeah, Charlie but, Poop. Uh, um, kind of looks like a young Joey Fatone. Yeah, but here, here's the best thing you say about Charlie Puth. Andy Grammer makes Charlie Puth look like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is an insane take to have. Not not that it's right or wrong, but like who, you're the only person in the world that has that take. We're aware, you're aware of this, right? What? No one in the world besides you has a take that combines <laughs> thoughts on Charlie Puth and, and uh, Andy Grammer. They both fit into the same similar category for me of just, uh, you know, vocalists who aren't superstars but are still out there. Their music has still been very popular in the top charts. The last impression I have of Andy Grammer was him singing at the Lions game, Super Bowl 20, or no, Thanksgiving 2016. Charlie Puth and Andy Grammer. Hmm. I don't look. I mean, it's Charlie Puth. That's well, well, a match to him. Let's focus on F9. One, do we like the idea of calling it F9? And I just, the other I question, just, do we care at all about I, this movie? I'd need to know if Charlie Puth is dropping a song for this one. Mm-hmm. What do you think That's he's the question on the no, 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 Jeff. You seriously, though. Play the old song? Seriously, though, I don't like the name F9. They've kind of run out of, they kind of run out of runway, though, so I guess I understand it. I, I don't know why they just can't call it Fast and Furious 9. Just give up. Just start doing this. And, like, I care in the sense that I, I, I've said this since seven seven seemed like the peak seven seemed like the peak of the franchise i kind of wonder if if this is where people stop giving a shit about fast and furious if that's going to happen because it feels like it's going to happen i've been like i'm like sorry i'm like been zoning out a little bit so i missed part of the conversation but i'll just say i don't think they should have made any of them past fuck team five i didn't even know that there was any ass after that point uh i i thought i thought seven was solid i thought eight was okay but it, it i they have such an oversized real estate investment in our brains compared to the quality of the movie. And at some point you think like they're not going to have that real estate anymore from a cultural perspective because people are going to stop caring. Like we're right now we're going on a 20 year franchise. Yeah. I know star Wars is 40 years old and that's something else entirely. Fast and furious was never supposed to be this big. No. It was supposed to die after Tokyo drift. They're like what stealing fucking DVD players or whatever in the first one. Yeah, and and they somehow they made it better. Like I liked the first Fast and the Furious, but Fast Five was great, or like one of those movies was great. 
um, and they reinvented it into a heisty thing and they're a lot of fun, but you, you got to look at like, they, they're just, I don't know how, how much longer can they be fun? Cause the whole Vin Diesel turn in eight was utterly yes. bullshit. Ridiculous. Dumb. Now, now there's a fracture in the family, the rock and Jason Statham are no longer going to be part of the mainline family. Uh, I just, I don't know how long, and I don't want to say how long they can keep making these movies because they can keep churning the shit out into perpetuity. I mean, you're going to have Vin Diesel on a fucking walker and keep doing it, but how long they're going to keep justifying the expense of the movie with box office results. They're just making money, man. I mean, Hobbs and Shaw made a shit ton of money too. I think they're even bringing back Charlize Theron to be the big bad in the in F9, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, well, I, I, I know they can. I know they're doing it now. I just, I feel like at some point people are going to give up. Like people are just going to move on and be like, I don't care about this anymore. Well, re- remember though, Hobbs and Shaw definitely didn't make as much as the other ones, which is no. they hedged on that. They tried to like, like, oh well, this is not what we expect. We didn't expect it to even do this well. It's like, mm, eh, I kind of think you did. I kind of think it underperformed a little bit. If this starts to up like down tick a bit for F nine, it's going to just go in the shitter quick. And and by like eleven, we'll probably have no more. I don't think it's a hot take, but I think Hobbs and Shaw is better than the last Fast and Furious movie. I would agree. I agree. Whole. I mean, I agree without like a, even a pretty decent amount. Yeah, not even blinking an either. That's fun. I like Hobbs and Shaw. I wouldn't mind a Hobbs and Shaw too. I want to see more about the uh, the big bad that was on the the voice machine thing that we didn't get a closure on. I want to see what's going on there. It. Uh, I mean, we're definitely gonna get one. I think at this point, bring back Ryan Reynolds. It's fun. Yeah, I, I like that more. I don't. I wouldn't even mind a spinoff of maybe other people. Maybe it'll be terrible, but I think the mainline ones we've just. This might be it. This, I, this I, just might be it. I do feel like they need to add another space big person. Space. Well, space I mean, is, is John Cena going to be worth it? Is he going to be worth the addition? Yeah, but John Cena's big, but like, I feel like Ryan Reynolds would be a big add to the mainline. They could do that, but it seems mm-hmm. like he's purely in the NWO right now and not the actual wcw i yes. could very well see john cena making this movie unbearably bad and i yeah. don't dislike john cena but i just get the vibe that man remember how bad movie. he was in bumblebee oh that wasn't necessarily oh. his fault but boy was he no bad. he was kind of meant to be like that but there's there's definitely a which because <laughs> there there's there's definitely a like you could pick up some crumbs there like oh he could be very bad in a movie where it's supposed mm-hmm. to be super serious and typically the fast movies they've become more serious so Put Colby O'Donis in the new one. Get some more name uh, recognition. <laughs> Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. Uh, him, it's like everyone's like, uh, and your favorite new cast additions, the entire uh, uh, group, Franz Ferdinand, is in this newest movie of F9. It's, everyone's like, we didn't know who Franz Ferdinand was. The Franz they're, Ferdinand, the band? Yeah. Mm, I like them. I listened to Me them too. today. Dude, they're, that's a, they're a really good band. I don't know what's up with them. Are they, they're still together, are they? I'm sure they Prince are. Ferdinand? I don't know. Yeah, they're great. They I like had their, that. those first two albums were very good. Yeah, yeah I think of one thing when I think of Franz Ferdinand. You want take, to take me out, I'm take assuming? Me out. Or the, the, asset, the assassination. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, the assassination comes to mind. It I should, but it won't. I just think of Madden, yeah. Uh, all right, let's 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 do a quick ad read here. This episode brought to you in part by Stitch Fix. Trill, I saw you wearing some clothes. It looked like you got them on Stitch Fix when we went to a movie together. I thought that was very nice to see. I did, man. I had that. I had that quarter zip on. Got it from Stitch Fix. They fixed it yeah. with some stitches. Uh, <laughs> uh, Stitch Fix. It's an online personal styling service that delivers your favorite clothing brands right to your door. You can get started by going to stitchfix.com/lights. Looking as good as Trill Balance does. 
Uh, people, they get to see your pants in a video. They saw your pants and your feet, which were in sneakers. Yeah, I went to the Reddit, and uh, one of the comments was uh, about my calves being small, which I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I know. Just cover them up with some nice pants from Stitch Fix. Yeah, well, you can't cover your calves up, bro. That's that's tough to do unless unless you wear like even even in bootcut jeans, you can't do it. You can't stuff them yeah, like the like the Tom the Tom Cruise bussy pick. Well, that's you know, back, goes. back there was this day. There's an MTV show. I forget what it's called. And maybe it was a True Life episode. Room a Raiders. Guy, a guy wanted calf implants. Yes, it was Room Raiders, and I thought it was ridiculous at the time. But now I kind of wish I had calf implants because I just I can't I can't calf it up. Hmm. Hate to see it. Me, just, me and Jeff are part of the big calf gang, so can't relate. Can I just do steroids on my calves? Like, I don't want anything <laughs> you can else. inject your calves. Just work out your calves, bro. Do some step-ups or something. Damn. But make sure you do it after you go to stitchfix.com, which you already do. With Stitch Fix, everyone can look their best. They have solutions for men, women, kids all over the U.S. and now also the United Kingdom. Uh, there's no commitment required. You can only, I assume you only pay for what you keep. Shipping exchanges, returns, always free, which is nice, plus a $20 styling fee. Is automatically applied towards anything you keep from your box. You'll never have to think about looking good again with Stitch Fix. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash lights and get an extra 25% off when you keep everything in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash lights, stitchfix.com <laughs> slash lights. I'm, I'm reading the comments uh, and people are getting downvoted. I don't think they should be. Someone said, man, that's a bad fit. And that's a true comment. I've given up. Is there I've, said this a lot. I've said this a lot in the podcast. <laughs> the, the good thing about Stitch Fix is that like they have sizes that can fit guys with big, fat, muscular calves like me and Jeff's, or like Jay Z calves like Tro Bones. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. They're 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 all encompassing and accepting, which is why Stitch mm-hmm. Fix is great. Uh, Jackass Four. I didn't think we'd see news like this. I was surprised by this news drop. Jackass Especially Four. Especially considering we had just mentioned it, like literally yeah. just mentioned Jackass uh, coming out in 2021. They're going to be coming out with the first Jackass movie uh, in quite some time. Uh, 11 since, years yeah since the um, since since the death of uh, Ryan Dunn Ryan Dunn excuse me yes I said the wrong name I didn't say it though uh, yeah Ryan no, Dunn that was, that was Hulk Hogan who thought Bam Margera passed away yeah. remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was so confused he's like rest in peace to my brother Bam brother this is, and he put like a picture of them together except it was just he googled Bam and Hulk Hogan <laughs> and screen capped the entire page and Bam replied to him on Twitter, and he's like, ah, I'm still alive, brother, still kicking. Like, oh, my bad, brother. <laughs> my bad, I don't care anymore then. Uh, yeah, Jackass 4. Jackass 3D was incredibly entertaining, and they all are, honestly. I have, mm-hmm. I have no complaints about this. this. These movies, they serve a purpose, and so far, they're three for three, and I would be stunned if they weren't four for four. I love them. I, I love all this stuff. I I, I I like them now that the guys are getting older. It makes it more ridiculous that is these men in their mid forties are, are doing this shit. And I, I would like, just like our discussion about action park or whatever it was called. Yeah, um, action point. Action point. Yeah. Sorry. I, if they're going to do a jackass movie, just do jackass. Right. I don't need all the framing shit around it. So this is good. I do think that something like this um, MTV property Viacom would be on, would it be the HBO? No, different company. It would be the CBS. This would be good for streaming. I think it would be good to get a Jackass movie on streaming because then a lot of people would see it and talk about it. Like you could really do numbers on social media. Um, I don't know how much money it would make, but I, I, I would love to just have new Jackass content out that I didn't have to go to the theater for. Yeah, that's my time biggest... rewatch vibes. Yeah, or, or even clippable stuff. I mean, 
I think the market the market is is ripe for some jackass content. I I just I don't love going to a movie theater to watch it because it feels like the waste of a trip to the movies, even as much as I like jackass. But we'll we'll see it. We'll review it. I'll be our weirdest review because how do you really review a jackass movie other than you laughed? Mm-hmm. You laughed at how gross and ridiculous it was. Yeah, I think that kind of the, the place that I fell on it is like, I love the jackass guys. And like you guys are saying, all those movies were absolutely hilarious. I think that we're at, they're at a point, a lot of them, like the main cast, where like, I don't necessarily want to see them doing those sort of stunt shit anymore. Like Steve-O obviously went down a really deep, like dark hole and like took himself out of it. And now he's like, he totally turned his life around. He's like really, really good shape. And like, I wouldn't want him to go down a path where like he could possibly fall back into like that sort of old shit. And like, obviously, yeah. Bam Margera is going through a whole bunch of personal life shit, too. I wouldn't want to see him get, getting hurt or anything like that. A lot of them are older. And like, I want to preserve for me, this is like me from a nostalgic standpoint, I guess. I want to like preserve my like last thought of them of, as being like, you know, the, the really funny guys. And like, I don't think seeing them now, most of them are like in their late 30s, mid 40s, that sort of area. I think like Johnny Knoxville might be 50 at this point. Like I don't want to think of them as like oh man like that's that's sad watching this or whatever like I'd love to, for them to be a really big part of it but I would like for like this maybe the more of the stunt aspect to be done by younger people I think because I just yeah. don't want them to see them get hurt don't want to I want to preserve the good memory more than anything else because I really did fucking love Jackass growing up. I, I one of the cool things this has nothing to do with the movie but like why I love Jackass is Jackass came on at a time. Um, Everybody complains at my age how much MTV's changed. I don't think anybody really talks about MTV as much anymore. But at least I did walk that- by a guy outside of Penn Station two weeks ago, and he was talking to someone. He had a sign. He was collecting money, I think, for Christmas. And he's like, uh, he was just like, yeah, man, MTV. It's just not what it used to be. So some people are talking about it. No. Uh, you want to know why? Because their entire business model was fucking just decimated by YouTube. Like, why and the good the good part about mtv is they kind of saw it coming like i whether it's intentional or unintentional they they did start getting into reality program way before like in the late 90s and the early 2000s and of course they created the modern reality show in in real world too Mm -hmm. Uh, so a lot of credit there but when jackass came on it was during a time in in the late 90s and early 2000s when mtv was incredibly culturally relevant total request live was probably the most talked about show uh for i guess the younger crowd and at the top of it were the boy bands and stuff like that And so mtv had that britney spears boy band tilt with a little bit of bad boy stuff that was mostly powered by like eminem's friendlier shit but jackass still felt like that old school beavis and butthead crude humor mtv that i wasn't allowed to watch but i still tried to watch anyway in the early 90s and that's why i always really liked jackass it it, it felt like a, a preserved uh, you're not supposed to be watching it but mm-hmm. y- you can watch it too uh, as long as your parents don't catch you vibe on mtv during a time where it just you know is pretty pretty family friendly and then like i think part of it too is just the fact that like they're obviously they're all friends right and like you get to get that familiar element where you're like this is just like me and my friends they all obviously like kind of like each other and it's just it, it gave you, you like it, i don't know really warm feeling because it's like it feels like something you and your friends would do and i always like that about jackass yeah there, there's just something special i remember and and i don't I mean i'm not that age anymore so i guess that's the thing like that's part of it but there was just something special about having like watching Viva La Bam or watching Jackass. I don't know. It just you're right, Joel. It just felt cool. Well, it wasn't. It, it wasn't even just the. It, part of it was the absurdly stupid shit, especially at a time pre YouTube, where that's the only place you could really see it. The other part was the friend element, like you were saying, uh, because you can watch 
Russian, uh, you know, head cams of people walking on skyscrapers and doing dumb shit. You don't get the same vibe. It's funny to see like the most entertaining thing is when those guys just laugh at the misfortune of each other. Mm-hmm. Do pranks and all that. Remember this was the sock thing. That shit was funny. <laughs> I used to, did you guys watch wild boys at all? Toilet. The, uh, the Chris Pontius and, um, uh, what do you call it? Steve Osh? Like side show TV made. Oh, no, so good. So I, I don't think good. I did. I think that was during my cultural black hole of being in college where I just didn't do, watch movies or watch tv so so yeah jackass you're gonna take a little time to film it 2021 pump for that yeah i think it's a tough one to talk about because i mean what do you say you're like yeah i love the stunts they were fun they i, I liked when they launched the guy in the doo-doo filled porta potty that was very funny that skit was one of my favorites very funny yeah the, 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 they did a good job of the 3d elements too i need to note that when they came out with jackass 3d the, the 3d stuff was was what worth the, the payoff one of the better 3d movies honestly yeah in terms no, of yeah. utilizing 3d uh, they 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 didn't just do it to put you in the environment. Like they threw they shot stuff at you. I think a dildo was one of those. It was pretty funny. Legitimately cool. Yeah. I mean, 3D is supposed to be used as shock, in my opinion. I know they wanted to use it as immersion, but it it never felt immersive to me. Uh, beyond the initial viewing of Avatar, which was like this is kind of cool, and probably that is the only real good use of 3D that I've ever seen. Although I don't, I'm not really qualified to say it because I actively avoid 3D movies like very actively avoid. So I don't know. I'm excited. The boys are back in town. Are you excited for this one today? (laughs) Are you excited for this brand new piece of news? Daniel Radcliffe reportedly in running for the lead role in Moon Knight, Marvel's upcoming uh, debut for this character on Disney plus. He'll be part of uh, be part of the MCU. Uh, And and this does come on the back of a story, which I don't, Unless I'm missing something. I don't believe he lines up with this. But there was an old rumor that they were looking for a Jewish-Israeli Zac Efron type to play Moon Knight. That's a... Zac Efron's Jewish, right? I don't know. Zac Efron qualified. is Jewish. Not yeah, qualified. so I mean, that just... That seemed like a... I think you got your guy. Like, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. You just yeah, described him. Literally but, Jewish, yeah. It sounds like they're, they're looking at Daniel Radcliffe, though, in the MCU. I mean, that's a... I, I, well, maybe it's not surprising. Maybe he just doesn't care. But for him to jump from one major franchise to another and be tied down to things, that, that, that's uh, it's quite the life decision. You know what? It would have been an amazing role for Daniel Radcliffe, future man. Mm, yeah. As much, I, love, good I, I love Josh Hutchison. Like, that completely changed my perspective of him. I, I feel like Daniel Radcliffe, like, I don't know what to think about Daniel Radcliffe. I, I'm very... like. Obviously, I don't. I don't dislike many people. I don't. I'm not going to dislike Daniel Radcliffe, but I don't. I don't actively get excited by Daniel Radcliffe. I see <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe. I'm not like, oh shit, Daniel Radcliffe's in on this. So he needs a role. Like maybe Moon Knight. Wasn't Moon Knight kind of like the Deadpool? Wasn't he a Deadpoolian character of some sort? Yeah, if I'm right. I just remember that one comic strip where it's like, "Where's Dracula? Tell that bitch he owes me money or something like that." Right. Yeah, that's the so that's I, the one everyone was tweeting after the uh, announced the move or his role. So I th- I think that could be good because I think that's what Daniel Radcliffe needs right now. He needs something with a pretty wide. He's probably done something like this. I just haven't seen it, but he needs something that gets a wide audience, and then maybe also kind of subverts expectations of well, what people think of Daniel Radcliffe. The same way Future Man did did that for Josh Hutcherson, in my perspective. Of <laughs> I like that idea though. If we need a Jewish Israeli Zac Efron type. And so let's draft or let's let's cast like the whitest English person of all time <laughs> at, in the role. 
Like, <laughs> what a move. I mean, I like Daniel Radcliffe. I think he's um, – I'm all for too. the Harry Potter people getting more work. Because Ron Show, the one that we interviewed Ron for, apparently great. Servant. Servant. Yeah. I will say this. I despise Daniel Radcliffe's character in Now You See Me Too. I hate uh, that movie. Oh, yeah. I, 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 that movie just bothers me so much. That was, that was the ultimate really Daniel scene. Radcliffe is in it type of role too. Oh yeah. Yes. They're, they're just, they, that was the only selling point for casting him there. It's well, Daniel like the Radcliffe. characters may as well at one point in the movie been like, holy shit, you're the Harry Potter guy. Like they may as well just broke the fourth wall. We're, so, we're going to have you help us steal this by pretending to be Daniel Radcliffe because you kind of look like him. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. I, you know, I think about it a lot. Like I kind of feel bad, you know, like you all say you feel bad for somebody. It's all relative, right? But like for someone like Daniel Radcliffe, that, that Harry Potter role has to probably be one of the hardest typecasting roles to ever get out of. Oh, yeah. Ever. Oh, yeah. Nine movies or what, eight movies um, as a probably, I mean, you have to say it now. Harry Potter is probably a top three well-known fictional character of all time. Sure. With these. Yeah, I think that's not even a debate. I mean, maybe like, I don't know, you got Superman. I, it's hard to say, but like Harry Potter is pretty fucking popular. So getting out of that is tough. So I'll support them. In the same way, I, f- I feel about Robert Pattinson getting out of the Twilight Hole and Kristen Stewart getting out of the Twilight Hole. I'll always support Daniel Radcliffe. Hopefully this role will do that. But yeah, I don't envy that, man. So this army man was pretty freaky, but he was good in it. I don't know if you saw that. Weirdo Paul Dano. Love that guy. He, I, was he that went naked on stage. The lady in... Uh, fuck the horse woman in white lady in white no lady in black i believe lady in black yeah yeah i didn't see that one but i remember just being like i don't want this one no thank you pass i need the um, frankenstein movie too i forgot about that folks are you struggling sleeping these days guess what it's really late for me right now it's like 12 30 a.m uh, and you're not alone one in three u.s adults doesn't get enough sleep uh, and if you're not sleeping enough it can affect your cognitive functions during the day learning problem solving decision making uh, having a clear head to order lunch. And did you know that a good night's sleep is like a magic remedy for your brain and body? It's true. When we sleep well, we're more focused, more relaxed, and best of all, you know, I think sleep makes us happier at this point. It's pretty obvious. Uh, so that's why we're partnering up with Calm, C-A-L-M, the number one sleep app. Sleep deficiency does serious damage, not just to your brain, but to your body as well. Make you feel terrible too. The sleepers are more prone to accidents, weight gain, and depression. With Calm, you're discovering a whole library of programs designed to help you get the sleep your brain and body needs like soundscapes and over a hundred sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like jerome flynn from game of thrones and stephen fry so if you want to seize the day sleep the night away with the help of calm right now light camera bars to listeners get 25 percent off a calm premium subscription at calm.com c-a-l-m dot com slash lights at com c-a-l-m dot com slash lights 40 million people have downloaded the app find out why com dot com slash lights is for you um all right let's uh I, I guess this is the time in the moment where we talk star wars i forgot to mention going into this part uh this is a full spoiler review for star wars the rise of skywalker so right now if you don't want the movie spoiled i would skip ahead just skip right to the uh Skip right to. I, I honestly actually I would skip the character thing as well because I don't even remember if we talked about spoilers. I would just skip the rest of this podcast if you don't want Star Wars spoiled. Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, the final Star Wars movie in the Skywalker saga. I mean, for 
for now, for now, I guess, because we've, we've done this now three times. So I don't really know. Like, <laughs> it's kind of hard to definitively say that. Like, I guess I'll take their word for now, but we've done this three times. So we'll, we'll, mm-hmm. but for now, the end of the saga, uh, people are very split on this movie. I don't need to read a synopsis. It's the end of the Star Wars saga. I think at this point, if you're listening to this, you know what happens. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 57% from critics. Audiences disagree. It is the opposite of The Last Jedi. Audiences say 86%. Uh, So again, very divisive. Much like two years ago, this time it's flipped. Uh, J.J. Abrams back, as many people know. As I would imagine everyone again listening to this knows. uh, It's a bit of a course correction. Uh, There. Uh, there's and there's just a lot to say about it. There really is. It, it's a hard movie to, and I'll get this out of the way. It's a hard movie for myself, and I'm sure the two of you as well, to talk about because we have a massive uh, connection to this as fans. I'm a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Uh, my freaking office and my uh, my apartment is just lined top to bottom with Star Wars toys. This is the movie that uh, made me love movies. It's like one of my favorite theater experiences, one of the first movies I've ever seen in theaters, and they re-released it in 1997. So it's hard to objectively rate a movie like this. Uh, every Star Wars movie I've seen since I've been rating movies, I've gradually lowered the score after seeing them because I try to take the fan, the fanboy love out of them a little bit. I did that with Last Jedi. started very high. Also started a premiere, so it was a little... Uh, it kind of pads the stats. Last Jedi down in 87 for me at this point. Pretty firm with that. Same with Force Awakens in 90. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker is a very fun at most times star wars movie that feels very rigid pacing wise it is a mess in terms of pacing uh it feels like a four-hour movie in my opinion jammed in two and a half hours uh it's a movie that i feel like should be longer but i think if it was longer it may be boring uh it's it's a really hard movie to dissect like in terms of the, the, the critical elements the movie elements without taking away the fanboy stuff. So we're going to try our best to do that. Uh, I gave Rise of Skywalker. I still think it's got some great effects. Uh, I think there is a, a fair amount of good writing in the movie, especially in terms of dialogue and back and forth. And there is some fun adventure stuff. It, it's an enjoyable movie, but it is definitely the lowest out of the sequel and original trilogy for me. It's a 79 out of 100 for me. That's what I have it at right now. 79 out of 100, which makes it Empire, Star Wars, 199, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, 87, Rogue One, 86, Return of the Jedi, 85, and then Rise of Skywalker, 79. Actually, I flipped that. Return of the Jedi is in 86, Rogue One, 85. Regardless, uh, that's where I have those uh, the, the, those movies falling in line, followed by Solo, Revenge of the Sith, Technical, and Phantom Menace. We'll get into it, but my score is a 75. Very long-winded, Trill. What did you give it? So I gave it a 70. Look, uh, it's, it's the slop. It, it is the slop that I ate up. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. It it I felt it hitting the right chemicals in my brain to deliver me the right dosage of serotonin that I needed for that two hour and thirty minute period. It was fine from that standpoint. Um the movie's a mess. It like Jeff was saying, it it it, it jumps from scene to scene. There's a lot going on. There's a fetch quest that leads into another fetch quest to get to where they need to be. Uh but you know, all, all that uh, that's pretty standard. I mean that that that's nothing new with this trilogy. Uh, what I did like is I I thought there were a lot of cool things that were fan servicey slop like the Exegol and the the Sith cultists and the statues and the creepy shit. That was definitely that was definitely the 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 fan service type shit. I liked the way that looked. I thought it was cool. Um, the other stuff I I didn't like was um, perhaps 
in my opinion, one of the most ridiculous and stupid lines ever delivered in the entire uh, Star Wars canon, including the uh, the sand line. And, and that's when Poe Dameron says, uh, it says Palpatine is back or whatever. He's talking. <laughs> He's talking to everyone. Beer exposition, and, all the first act, dude. Yeah, and it's just it's anticlimactic because there's just no space in the movie and no space in the trilogy to really well, have a. We'll, we'll say it. Uh, where where did we learn that Palpatine is back? In the opening crawl, <laughs> they mentioned that Palpatine, his He's voice back. has been heard across. The dead speak. Yeah, the galaxy, the dead speak. Where did we hear that happen in canon? In it canon, happened, it, it happened in Fortnite, Jeff. <laughs> so, I so, mean, yeah. So, you know, there's a lot to say about Star Wars. So there's, there's, I, I, I go back and forth between, I go back and forth between thinking about it. Like, you know, I can't criticize this movie too harshly because it, it's slop created for kids to enjoy. And, uh, you know, kids, kids love it. And I enjoy it too. On the other side of the fence, it's like, why can't you criticize it? It's a product that we all are paying money to see and i hate the excuse like i paid money i expect something good that's not what i'm saying it's like you know it it is it's a piece of art and i think art is always subjective to criticism and from a movie standpoint i i don't think it did that great a job at being an actual movie but in terms of a, a star wars delivery mechanism in the same way that like an iv bag delivers you the fucking saline that you need in order to stay hydrated in the mm-hmm. hospital i thought it did a very <laughs> very effective job of putting star Wars into my bloodstream. It's so, uh, it, you know, that's, that's the way I sum it up. It's a star war folks. It's, it's, it's fine. It, I, I wouldn't react too harshly either way. That being said, if I were to score this, the, the sequel trilogy, I'd probably give it a 30 somewhere in the thirties, just, just overall. I, I, this is something where the sum of the parts of all these three movies combined are exponentially weaker than each entry by themselves uh the sequel trilogy i thought took a great cast cast and characters some characters that i like underdeveloped them and didn't know where to go with it and you could sit here and blame a specific director but i think uh they just they didn't have an overall direction from a story team or from anyone like that and it's disappointing it's disappointing because we started as a star wars podcast talking about fan theories we talked about some wild shit uh snoke is plagueis fucking great jedi mom mm-hmm. what's that like all this all this dumb shit that's raised dance yeah and and it even goes beyond like just who's it's like it's kind of just like okay like now's a chance maybe to expand the universe a little bit like let's maybe get into some deeper lore like let's let's do it and the ways they expanded it were were just mostly to advance the plot like the force teleportation and stuff like that we didn't like really end up at a much different place in Star Wars than we did when we started The Force Awakens. Uh, and, and so that's why like, I've just been mad about Star Wars the last 48 hours or whenever we saw it, Jeff. Um, and a lot of it's not because I thought this movie was irredeemable or terrible or I thought The Last Jedi was bad because I did like that one and I liked The Force Awakens. I just didn't think it was a cohesive trilogy at all. Mm-hmm. And that's... Folks, uh, the Aristocats. <laughs> the Aristocats. Uh, so 70 from you. Audience gave it an 88, by the way. The LCB audience rated it an 88. Ken Jack, lay him out there, the thoughts. Uh, I labored on a little bit. I originally gave this 78, I believe. I'm bumping. And more and more, I talked about it and read about it because I ended up writing like fucking 10,000 words on it. I bumped it down to a 74. Uh, I think 
a lot of what I echo a lot of what you guys both said. The first thing I thought the second we left the screening room was just like this this whole thing feels like it was fan sourced from like a fucking Reddit. And that's a joke that obviously popped up later on. It's like, yes, yeah, uh, made by directed by Reddit. Because literally that's like what it feels like. It feels like it was all like fan sourced from like f- fan fiction forums. And it's it's just it's low risk, low reward, I think is the best thing that you can place on this because it takes quite literally no risks except for one which we'll talk about a little bit later which is very it's it's so misguided in my opinion just we can talk that. about certain spoilers right the, just the yeah, kiss I, the kiss is I, the kiss is dumb yeah. i'll say it straight up the kiss was really stupid in my opinion because i still think one of the cooler things that they were able to develop and like we talking just earlier about how all the, this trilogy was just not really cohesive at all uh, between the three of them the one thing that they were able to develop i think well between both movies was the ray and kylo connection and that bond and everything and that i think actually had a like a piece to play and connected between at least last jedi and rise of skywalker and then i feel like it was kind of ruined by that because i thought that the cool element of that was the fact that they were like platonic and like they had this, this bond that went beyond everything else and then like they reduce it down to a human thing and it just it, that to me was gross but that's just me that's a divergence as far as the movie goes i think it, it, the- it, it also it also prevented like any it just muddied the line so much at yes. the end where the, the thing I was the most mad about, I'm going to get this off my chest. The end of the movie, Ray is on Tatooine because we got, we got to go back to Tatooine and we got to bury the lightsabers Slop. and somebody has to ask Ray who she is. Fucking Christ. Dude, and she could have like just said, I'm Ray, just yeah. Ray or like, I'm a nobody and smile. Right. But the, she, you know, she's a Skywalker and that's fine. But at that point, like, it would have been okay maybe because because Kylo disappeared to have a Kylo Force ghost there like smiling at her, but you can't do that because you can't really have the Kylo standing there and I'm a Skywalker and then that's the Skywalker family. It's just like this whole weird like they felt like brother and sister through all the movies to me, and then they kissed and that was the mm-hmm. fucking like that's the Tumblr Raylo bullshit that. I don't that's fan source dude that i think is the bit my again still my biggest problem with this as a standalone movie and i think this this movie sort of suffers right because it's really hard to rate it independently of the trilogy because it has like the weight of the previous two movies on its shoulders which is maybe unfair but that's why i think i think 74 for me is like right in that zone right because it was entertaining and a lot of technical parts were well made but at the same time it's it's really not cohesive at all with the last movie. It's extremely fan servicey, and a lot of like from the technical aspects stu- uh, or anyway, they kind of stunk. Like the dialogue in this movie was really bad, like really really bad in a lot of moments. Like where I was like, I don't understand how an editor or something or someone read this and was like, yeah, that, that passes. We're good. The the best I think dialogue is only when you have the trilogy, the the, the trio of Poe, Finn, and Ray together. And when they talk and they have like that back and forth dialogue, that I think is the best. And because like the, the humor there works, even though the characters weren't developed, I think very well over the, the course of the three movies. But everything outside of that, when they try to do anything dramatic, felt so outrageously forced and like cringeworthy at times, where I was just like, I, I don't get how this has happened now. I don't think it really felt that way too much in Force Awakens, but or rather um, uh, Last Jedi, but I felt this way a little bit in Force Awakens, and now it felt compounded a lot in Rise of Skywalker. And I just, it's really, really tough, I think, to talk about without kind of incorporating that trilogy, but I, I do think it's entertaining. And that's, at the end of the day, when you watch this movie with your fan brain, like your Star Wars fan brain, you're going to enjoy it. Like, because you do, you do get, like you said, like just the 
you mainline the slop. You find, it's a speedball of Star Wars slop, and you'll you'll get your yeah. high, which is totally fine, right? Like that's that's that's, that's the entertainment versus cinema sort of aspect there, maybe. Like, cause it, I feel like I got my Star Wars adrenaline rush, but like then you have to look at it with your critical brain and realize that a lot of this movie was bad, including the first act, which I think was abominably paced. Like, so, like you were talking about how this feels like a like a three hour movie paced down or four hour movie paced down into two hours. That first act, like. So much. I mean, the first happens. seven minutes of the movie are three scenes, three like established themes. You have you have Ray, or excuse me, Kylo on Mustafar, which is mm-hmm. badass, right? Like that that was a pretty sick opening. Yeah, it's cool. Like, it would have been a whole you, fucking fight <clears throat> if we had more time to linger on stuff like there were there was skipping. Yeah, lights be it. There was stuff there that they had. If they had more time to go into it, would have been fucking badass. Like if we had fifteen minutes on Mustafar to like, actually. To, to explain what was going on, but the the movie didn't have that. It didn't have the luxury of that time, I guess. Yeah, lights be skipping with Bulio, cool character, Bulio, rest in peace. pretty quickly, uh, and <sighs> then you have the Ray training scene. Which, I mean, the, the the Ray training scene. It's funny because she's she's trying to channel the voice of the Jedi, and it's a pretty pivotal plot point in the movie. It's the main point of the movie because it's a huge fucking deal, and it just they skip over. They, they even like establish exposition <clears> through like a lot of stuff that happened through the goddamn opening crawl, like. That is stuff we need to like, – that deserved scenes. Here's the thing. As someone who likes The Last Jedi, I will go as far to say I, I very well understand that it was set up in a weird way for this to be continued. Then you could also top that by saying that they did a poor job setting it up with The Force Awakens because the people with the, the story ideas left basically. Uh, and so it was a not continuous story concept, which is – that's not what's happened before because in one way, shape, or form, George is involved with all the first six movies. There was a consistent voice with the story, and there wasn't with this. There was not a consistent voice with the story. So you could kind of put it on both sides. Like, I get that. Again, even as someone who likes The Last Jedi. However, with this one, I, I think my main issue where it gets dragged down, and the fan servicey stuff is fan servicey stuff, and you don't love it, then you probably rate it lower than I do. Uh, like, I mean, I, look, okay, I'll, we'll get to the ending part in a sec because I want to talk about the Avenger Endgame parallels, which were just mm-hmm. hilarious. But uh, there were so many fucking MacGuffins in this movie. That made the plot so convoluted. And that was one of some of the first reviews. I don't really agree with a lot of the critical reviews. I think some are a little too harsh. But they're, they're finding a thing to find a thing to go to a place to get to a thing. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. One too many things. And there's a couple of storylines that I do like. Like, I like the chasing of the, uh, the Ochi guy, right? The, yeah. the, the guy who, who kills Ray's parents. Like, I think that's, those are nice callbacks. And they, they kind of fit in seamlessly. Like, they work with the adventure. But it's so many things. It, it's going somewhere to find a ship, to find a thing, to find another thing. It's just... Side it's question. Too, you're right. It is. It's just it's too many things. And that's what made it convoluted. And that's why I almost want to say that if they did make it longer and they didn't cut stuff out, it could be boring. But, like, it, it's, it, it's, it's a really tough... It, it's tough to find the exact way to say this is how you could fix this. Because I, I truly do not think it's terrible. I'm sure my score will lower eventually as I watch it more, as I see it again. But I think it's right around a 75 to 79 range for me, which I think we're all kind of in that ballpark. But like, I don't know the exact way to fix it, but it definitely involves something with the beginning of the movie. Because there were a lot of interesting things happening in those first three parts. But the other problem with that is, and I'll let you guys kind of continue off that, they were all separated again. <laughs> it was Kylo alone. It was... Uh, Finn and Poe alone. It was Ray alone. So it was it was separated storylines, and I guess they wanted them together, which did work because they were nice together. But we we lost a lot of I think the the, the power and the drive behind it because when she channels those Jedi voices at the end, it's cool. It's cool to hear those voices, 
but beyond it being cool as Star Wars fans, like it doesn't, it doesn't hit, it doesn't pack that mm-hmm. punch, right? Where something like Avengers Endgame, when he says, I am Iron Man, and he snaps his fingers, or when they say on your left, like you, I mean, for the most part, even if you're just a new fan tomorrow, like you felt that, like you're like, oh shit, like they even teased, like this has been built up from the beginning of the movie. So uh, it's, again, I don't know the exact way to fix it, but I do believe the beginning third or the beginning three scenes were where things should have been expanded more because I think it would have made the movie better. It yeah. would have been 25 minutes longer and I would have no problem with it whatsoever. Well, I agree. That, then that's the problem where they can't do another trilogy. Like the, 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 the trilogy, it, we got to get out of this mindset of this fucking trilogy because what they should have done is they should have just said, this is going to be four movies. Like, I don't know how contractually you get everyone on board or just film the last two at the same time, but like they could have blown up stuff in here and made this one a two-parter. And I think it would have been a lot more satisfying um, because then the ending didn't feel earned. The, the, the triumph, the race triumph at the end didn't feel earned because the, the bad guy, we didn't have one. Like there was no overarching bad guy in this entire. Well, there was, he just got introduced by in Fortnite. Mm, yeah that's true <laughs> and the last and, fucking movie in the trilogy yeah and, and part of that is this i i like the last jedi i gave it a very high score i i've rewatched it i think it's a gorgeous movie i think it's beautiful i i there's a lot of criticism that i i get with it in terms of some of the subplots being dumb um but like when I think of the last Jedi, I think of things like the throne room fight. I think of the Holdo maneuver, which was referenced in this movie, even though people criticize that, like that, that explosion was one of the coolest looking things in the Mm -hmm. entire star Wars canon for me. Like I really liked Luke's character. I know people will fight it tooth and nail and say, that's not Luke, but like, I thought that's the point. He growth character growth. Well, it's fine. Like, I'm not trying to shoot down criticisms here because I'm about to criticize the last Jedi. When I retroactively think about The Last Jedi and I think about this movie, where were they going to go? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, because Kylo was the bad guy at the end of The Last Jedi. And he obviously had to be redeemed because, I mean, that was always going to be in the cards from the start of the franchise, I feel like. Um, and, you know, for The Last Jedi was subversive in a lot of different ways. But at the end of it, we still had, like, the same stuff there. Like it, it would have been really subversive if Ray would have taken his hand and decided to turn and they would have flipped. Like it just flipped everything on its head. Like that's, that's real subversion. So like there was a lot of stuff that the last Jedi throw, like I letting everything die. They threw out, like, I, I, I like that shit, but I don't think going back on it, I don't think it's set up a third movie to be satisfying. Yeah. No, but- I, don't, I don't even necessarily disagree with that, but I think that's uh, people make that a criticism of last Jedi. That's not a criticism of them as much a criticism of like just show running in Disney and all yes. them. That's and ex- a, their problem and not the but movie. Here's problem your, ex- exactly. The movie, it's great. And, and that's why being married to a trilogy is stupid. Cause yes. if this was a longer story, if this was a longer story and they had more time to tell it, you could have worked something in there, but you just had one movie left. So like the, the last Jedi was a movie. I, I liked a lot with story decisions. I didn't like. The rise you, of Scott. you do say an interesting word, though. You said satisfying. That's a pretty key word for what you just said, because part of me, yeah, like there were things in this that I was very satisfied with. You, you mean you better believe I smiled. I mean, you and I turned and looked at each other when Wedge was in this for a millisecond, which you know they told Dennis Lawson, like, all right, you can be in this, but you've shit talked us for years now, so you literally get three seconds of screen mm-hmm. time. 
you don't even get a helmet. Put the suit on, get in the thing, get out of here. Like that's basically what they told Wedge. Um, like that type of stuff does satisfy me. But part of why I like Last Jedi so much because it did buck the status quo. It was different. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they they cut the strings with the puppet master. And I, I truly at that time thought Kylo was just going to die. He's a big genocide boy. Mm-hmm. Big time <laughs> yeah. genocider. Big time genocide energy. There's like billions and billions no, of people. You didn't have to redeem him. It's perfectly okay to not do that. Maybe at the end, when he's finally dying, he can have like a small moment of like, I'm sorry, right? And then he dies like as he realizes it, as, like, as it's ending. But the full time redeem of, of the kiss and the, the biggest grin smile I've ever seen in Star Wars from somebody that isn't like an Ewok mm-hmm. after he kisses her. So I, you are not wrong in that sense. I think as a trilogy, it, it definitely doesn't work. And that goes for kind of all three of them, minus the Force Awakens. Force Awakens is the table setter. Minus the Knights of Ren. The Knights of Ren, what was the point? Like, let's, no the, point. The Knights of Ren. So, so what I was saying is The Last Jedi is a movie I really like with story decisions I don't like. The Rise of Skywalker was a, eh, and it didn't have story decisions I, I, I didn't like either. So a lot of it is just like, they're not going to satisfy me back to Jeff's point on like satis- satisfaction um, with this one, because like I, I didn't want to see the cool shit I want to see. And maybe it was for the better and get to see Luke, Luke fucking double wielding sabers and fucking ripped his jacked as shit. Killing. People. Well, let, let's, let's piggyback off. We talked about jackass earlier. What do you think about this trip? Do you think star Wars should be a thing that strives to win Oscars that strives to be a great movie, which I did see someone say recently, like, Star Wars isn't a movie that should be, like, it's never meant to be a movie that chases Oscars. I mean, the first two movies definitely, like, but, I mean, Star Wars is nominated for Best Picture. Like, let's, let's not pretend that they just made some schlocky crap movies that people bought. Like, they're very highly rated movies, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. But do you think that Star Wars should be handled in that sense? Like, Jack, like, like yeah, whatever, I don't care if it's a bad movie, I'm just going for the fun of it. Because we have this, we have this kind of expectation that it's going to be a good movie. Especially after The Force Awakens, because The Force Awakens is a movie that, for the most part, everyone really liked and even got very slight Best Picture nomination hype. And, and it's, that's, a, that's a big change from when we had seen the prequel trilogy. This is so a, do you think the mindset is just wrong here? Cinema versus entertainment right here. This is what Scorsese was saying the whole time. Yeah, Maybe we shouldn't be looking at it like that. I, I, I don't know what the right way to look at it is. I... I because, I mean, you look at Empire Strikes Back, and that's something I'll hold up next to, you know, other movies you probably consider to be higher forms of art. But, like, yeah. I mean, that, that, was, that was, it was great, right? I mean, I don't want to fucking praise Empire Strikes Back here. Um, I, I do think, like, coming away from this is, like, I don't know what I want, and that's part of the problem. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And I think, I think going back to the story points I didn't like was – it's it's hard to it's hard to like make everybody happy um and star wars has just become so big that i I start thinking about it and you know maybe star wars's strongest point has always been its scarcity there's just you know before there was just three movies and then maybe a few things every now and then we started expanding it and while more people got into the fan base uh maybe the mystique of it was the fact that it was just those three movies mm-hmm. i think that it, when you look at this on the the big scale and this is something um i said when i was yelling at people on twitter earlier um i think that this uh, this sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy kind of have opposite problems where the prequel trilogy had like a very cohesive vision obviously because george was in charge and like he had this entire vision of his story and all that shit and it, the problem was that he had no one to tell him no to anything and uh, so the execution of all three movies was was bad, was poor, but the vision was there. This had the exact opposite problem 
there was no cohesive vision whatsoever for the three movies. But I think the execution of every individual movie was like competent, which I don't think you mm-hmm. can really say for the sequel for the, the, the prequel trilogy. Yeah, that's a good point. No, that's a, that is a huge difference. I agree with you. And I will, I will also go to say as, as much as I uh, am complaining about the rise of Skywalker, it is still better than every single one of the prequel yes. trilogy movies for me. Yes. Which, which, I mean, I'll tell you what, the goalposts moving on the prequel movies is one of the most baffling things to me. It's absurd. It's like, it I, I just think that everyone who says that they haven't rewatched the movie any time since they were a kid. You're, you're, and you're very much entitled to your opinion. Like I, I, I will not tell you, you can't have your opinion on the prequel movies i'm just surprised let me just say that like i'm it just it, it puzzles me in a way where i can't figure out why because we did like i've watched them plenty and i i still they still have a lot of meaning to me like i'll breeze through phantom menace mm-hmm. you watched them the other day while you were doing work you just you add them up just into this background noise instead of music yeah i was like fucking i'm just gonna watch phantom menace and like i'm sitting there and i'm just groaning at fucking what was the kid <laughs> the fucking annie's kid friend um during oh. the pod racing scene i was gonna say kiddo but like it's definitely not just that fucking bastard <laughs> that fucking that fucking bastard kid and then him saying to, to pad when she walks in are you an angel establishing christianity into the fucking uh star wars canon uh midichlorians all this bullshit all of it was like space racism all of it is so stupid it is so <laughs> stupid in the prequels like you like i really think you should rewatch it and like take your nostalgia brain out of it for a second like they are incompetently made movies in so many ways Hey, you know, like Boba Fett. Like, what if, uh, like, like all the all the stormtroopers were Boba Fett? What if every stormtrooper was a Boba Fett? Wouldn't that be sick? Uh, yes, George. Pan Oswald has a really good bit on that. Very similar to what I just said. <laughs> what was that picture that Jedi sent last night? Like the one with the the tubes coming out the back of his head. He just looks like a fucking dork. An attack of the cl- attack Plo-coon. of the clones. <laughs> just, the Jedi's, you know, people. I, I hate to shit on people for complaining about you know stuff because i do it all the time i love to complain but the jedis were the biggest fucking dorks in the prequels and we talk about how jedi should be badass and all this shit like they were they're big old nerds in the prequels so i you know Space i don't know what i don't know what i'm trying to say but like I, I think part of it is like it's just going back to jeff's jeff caught me on that saying like satisfaction like what is what is satisfaction what does being satisfied with the star wars movie mean to you i'm guilty of it as well by the way let me just note that like i'm not that's just not me taking a shot you like i'm very guilty of that and i don't think i know what it is i but what i think it is is like a lot of my cop-out reviews where it's just a feeling and i go back to this movie and like while the movie was like i enjoyed it i gave it a 70 the the ending the the culmination the fight at the end it felt so unearned that mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't give me that triumphant feeling that I had. Uh even even like I won't even compare it to the original Star Wars. Just compare it to Adventures Endgame. I don't know if that's the that's an unfair comparison because they had 28 movies to work off of that, but like at least you felt like that was earned. Like they worked towards that. And they mm-hmm. didn't work towards anything in this. Ray just grabbed another lightsaber, which <laughs> I guess it increases the deflection powers of <laughs> Sith lightning. Uh but by the time you get to the end, like your character name, you know, like the, the biggest problem of like this Ray character, is she didn't know where she came from and then she found out and then she decided she could be a Skywalker. And that was it. Like that, that was like the end of it for her. And, and for me, it's like, you know, I, like she had like some dark side visions at one point, but she never really struggled with turning to the dark side. And I think satisfaction would be like, it would be nice to have a protagonist that maybe halfway through the second movie, or maybe they do go bad. Like maybe Mm -hmm. they actually fucking, instead of just having it be a focus group 
uh, produced like designed by committee movie where the the hero is like always on top. Like maybe switch it up. I don't know. Look, I, I will add one thing too, and this was out of their control and very sad. And that's Carrie Fisher passed away because I do know the the by all accounts one of the very few things that was planned straight throughout was that the first movie was a Han Solo movie. The second movie was going to be the Luke Skywalker movie. The third one was going to be the Leia movie. And obviously that was very hard to do. Almost all the shots, I mean, actually all the shots of Leia. Like they, they repurposed extra shots of Leia they had for this movie. Uh, there was at one point where Kathleen Kennedy said she wasn't going to be in it. Uh, and then they obviously pivoted following kind of the Colin Trevorrow thing. So that was out of their hands. That was tough. And I feel like we could have maybe had a better payoff had Leia been more involved and more integral to the, the entire story as a whole and Ray's training. Because I think the training scene with Luke and Leia was pretty cool. Like I think hearing about that and why she abandoned her training and the redemption of Ben, like I, I, that definitely was her. But h- however, you got to pivot. <laughs> like, yeah, you gotta, I mean, you gotta her still dialogue make it scenes work. were so cringeworthy, and like I don't, t- I don't take anything away from the movie for that. Like you had to work with what you had, but like the the points where like they were talking, you could very clearly tell that, like that's not what they wanted to be saying. More or less, it was very just it was noticeable, like noticeably bad dialogue. But again, you can't take too much away from it. I want to talk about what I did like about the movie, though. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. So let's there's not, a lot of good. There's a well, lot of good no. stuff in there. KJ. I, the one thing I just want to note right now, off the bat, I think the force use in this movie is maybe my favorite out of any in any Star Wars movie there is because they do so much of the force. I love the introduction of the teleportation or teleportation shit, and like the fight scene where she for, uh, battles versus Kylo, and like she's in the ship and he's on the ground. That shit was so cool. The payoff for that worked really well. And you get like you get a little bit of every use of the force there is. You get force pull, force push, lightning, the teleportation, force jumping, mind the talking, trick. healing, mind trick, the fucking ghosts, and like all lightsaber like, get, throw. Lightsaber throw. We get a lightsaber throw for the first time. Like you get so much cool use of the force, which like I think like every movie, you get like maybe like one or two things, like nothing, you don't get the full gamut. But like this one gives you a little bit of everything, and it all looks sick. Like the battle for the transport between Ray and uh, Kylo to me, like when she Very shot cool. the lightning at it, fucking mm-hmm. awesome. That was that was so the first sick. time we've seen out of the video games the throwing of the saber in it returning, right? Yes. Okay, because that's a very popular video game thing. I know our, our good friend, Mr. Sunday Movies, James, has done a bunch of videos. They're must-watch. He really did not like the movie. Like, big did not like Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. But he has really good Easter egg videos that you can go check out, behind-the-scenes stuff. But I agree. I think the Force stuff was always cool. I always liked it in The Last Jedi. It's one of the nice things from The Last Jedi that I think they built off of very well. They established it. It's slowly built up throughout the movie. They had some small points, a reference, to be like, oh, shit, like, they can actually touch each other. Like, that's that's real. It's not just the rain from the last one. Uh so that was nice. I thought I thought I, I would agree on that. And I think that's the other thing. With my complaints or my issues with the movie, most of them aren't bad. Like there are some things I think the kiss is bad. Like mm-hmm. bad, like big bad. But I think the other stuff is just eh, it's mediocre. It's just it's just okay. It's there. Like Trill said, I think the biggest thing is uh unearned a lot of it. But the, but there are I mean the adventure stuff is fun and the dialogue is fun. Uh one of one of the reasons why I slowly bumped Last Jedi down over time is I do think some of the humor is poorly written in spots i think jj abrams does a pretty good job in this some of yes. them that's the only dialogue land. that works at all really in the movies the humor but but the, the humor stuff's great i think poe is a great character in this movie um he's a very fun character minus the exposition stuff like you mentioned but that's not as much his fault as that <laughs> someone had to say the emperor's back the emperor's uh, back him. Oh, someone <sighs> other than the fucking opening crawl I just, I turned to Jeff when that happened. Like, there's probably three or four times I turned to Jeff and I was just like, get a load of this. Mm-hmm. Like type of you did fist pump during one of the best ones though. Oh my God, dude. That was Which the best scene of the movie. 
Well, Bob, Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Look, you nailed Babu Frick. <laughs> to a you T, got his dude. voice almost down to a T minus D. I like the French Babu, accent. Babu Frick? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. And then him, him showing up in the ship, you gave a double fist pump. You did like the right mm-hmm. hand and the left hand fist pump when he showed <laughs> yeah. up in the ship at the final battle. That was good fan service. Like, because he had no business being in that spaceship and he just <laughs> popped up. Just he was in he was in Zori Bliss's pocket. That was another. I thought Zori Bliss was was a great character. She's cool. I, re- I really one, liked her. I think she was more. cool. I think she was cool, but I think the way Carrie Russell acted it was almost like what we see out of the characters in The Mandalorian. It mm-hmm. was yeah. it was like towing that fine line between the you know the the pulpy space drama serial <clears throat> bullshit that like is actually good about Star Wars and the too serious type of stuff that like we didn't like maybe sometimes out of the prequels um and so i thought she fit in very well and i i enjoyed her um i really liked the the battle on the um what was the name of the planet again the water planet the, the death star one yeah cat yeah, beer i i enjoyed that i um I don't know, like, it's it's hard to really, like, rate lightsaber battles now because I don't know, they're just so different between each of the, the trilogies, like, mm-hmm. the, the styles of the battles. The use of the force in this one, I think, was the coolest. Because yeah. they used the force to, like, stop the lightsabers from going back A lot of forth. jumping. A lot I, of cool force jumps was sick. I like the force jumps, too, because, I mean, that's, like, why not? Like, why not use it? And I got, I actually, like, we talked about what... uh what we didn't see happen. Like one of my biggest wishes actually came true in this one, like in terms of the entire sequel trilogy. And that's uh, that Ray Hill healed a snake. Mm-hmm. Like if I wanted anything from this, I just want Ray to heal a snake. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing we were predicting. We're like, they won't, they don't have the bravery to have Ray force heal a snake. She's not going to heal a serpent folks. She won't do it. I promise. She would, there's no way Ray's going to heal a snake in this one. She would never just, do it. You know what, you know what I liked in this too was I think Leia's death worked. I think that like that yeah. sequence was maybe the most emotional in the entire movie was Leia dying transition into the Han not Force Ghost but the Han memory scene. I think that was good. I I do think the the reoccurrence of the I have the strength for to, I don't have the strength to do what I want to do whatever line like I think that was a little eh, me a little too much but I think that was probably one of the more emotional moments. And we mentioned Han's a lot. Thing was nice. Yeah, I mean just even and they also clearly noted it was a memory. They're like yes, this memory. This memory is not alive. But uh, we, we mentioned before just how we, I think all of us probably agree on this. Like Adam Driver is probably the, the best actual actor to be in any Star Wars movie. And mm-hmm. like he he's really good in that one moment. I really wish he got more to work with than these men because he can uh, fucking act. And I don't think he they really used him well at all. Well, the thing about he, it is oh, let's go ahead. I was just to say, because like you were mentioning Zori Bliss before, like they introduced characters, like new character arcs for people like like uh, was it Jamma or whatever. Like Janet and Janet served no purpose to this movie whatsoever. Even really on a grand scale, Zori Bliss didn't either. But like at least she was cool. Like like Janet really didn't advance the plot. But like you, when, while you're introducing these new characters, you have like these existing characters that need plot arcs and like they need more development, and you just give them nothing. You know that kind of sucks. Well, there 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 are two weird things that we want to know. By this is this is us kind of cutting back and forth in this movie. There's no structure to this. So we're just gonna keep talking for a little while. Um, but Finn with the Force. It kind of has a payoff, but kind of doesn't really. Force sensitivity. Like, yeah, which is nice. Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's implied. So, like, here's the thing. It being implied is cool. It being implied so many times throughout the movie, mm-hmm. it becomes to a point where you're like, all right, well, where's the actual payoff for that? Like, like you, you shoved it in my face so often, which is fine. It's cool. I'm glad he has it. I'm, like, that. that's a great retcon. Uh, I don't like, I, I hate the word retcon. That, that's a great kind of... Uh, 
peeling back or, or drawing back on the midichlorian stuff is that anyone can be a force user because midichlorians that's the biggest reason why they suck is because it just it ruined the idea of the force it was just stupid um unnecessary is probably a better word that and the Jana thing there are apparently there's a really weird line at the end of the movie that's the other time you turn to me trill tell me about L- it. lando well, says like about it. yeah Lando's like like where are you from she's like i don't know he's like well let's find out and then it just like, huh? Never talk about yeah, that again. He says, like, let's find out or like let's talk about it or something. And I turned that was another moment. I was like, what is that moment? What, what does that mean? And then I thought about it more and I read up on uh, I, was, I was reading a few different Star Wars Reddits, mm-hmm. uh the Star Wars Reddit itself, which is very po- very positive on the movie, and then the saltier than crate Reddit, which is uh very negative on the sequel trilogy as a whole. And on one of them I picked up that Jana kind of feels like some sort of spinoff character. Mm-hmm. She apparently, uh, the, apparently, this is the rumor. She was written in to be have she had to have been taken from Lando as a kid, uh, and she is Lando's kid, and he doesn't know that because she was taken very young and became a stormtrooper. Oh no, we're we gonna get an old boy situation here. So, the, well, there, there, <laughs> Lando with a wrench just fucking yep. <laughs> just working his way through Ewoks. <laughs> well, they're saying now that he very well may get a Disney Plus series because when that line happens, they may as well put a Disney Plus banner at the bottom. Yeah, like, right. Purchase Disney Plus now for six ninety nine a month. <laughs> that may as well have been what it yep. was. <laughs> and um, the Venmos are open. Uh, just one thing. Yeah, this is back and forth. But uh, Ken Jack, you had a really good point on Adam Driver. When he switched to Ben Solo, like you could tell. Like his his entire he's an actor. You could, his acting changed. He was like more confident. He wasn't as sulking. Uh, I did like, I mean, this was a huge fan service moment. It was slot, but when he did the Han Solo shrug mm-hmm. with the lightsaber, like that was, I thought that was cool. Like I would have liked to see more Ben Solo. I, again, I don't know how you redeem a genocide boy. Um, but like we only got him for a few minutes and then it kind of was almost just like, he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to be Ben Solo. He just, he, he did the kiss. He's a kiss guy. <laughs> he became Ben Solo, ben, became ben solo ben by though. just like he's like, I'll be Ben Solo, but I just now I now must wear loungewear everywhere. Yeah, that's basically what it was. It was took his robe off. Yeah, got my got my Vince Henley on. Got a <laughs> got a blor- blorstrom rack, <laughs> a bullio rack. Yeah. But we should talk Ben Demption because I do I do think that that's the one thing we we're all going into a little hesitant on just because like for me, that's always one of my biggest gripes with the Anakin storyline. Right. It's just that like, you know, he did a genocide. You know, he murdered men, women and children by the billions, like very regularly. And at the end, he does one good thing. gets to hang out with all of his force buddies at the end. Like in me, in my opinion, that's a, that's bullshit. Well, that might just be the force, whatever. But I still think with Ben, we, we, like you, literally the introductory scene of Ben Soul is him murdering an old man. Vader like, murdered people, though. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, that's what I'm well, saying. Well, remember, he is, he is himself in his redeemed moment. And that's, always been, that's been one of the problems with Anakin. When they put Hayden Christensen in, in the Force Ghost role, they're like, well, yeah. why is that guy there? That guy's not there. Like, the older Anakin, like, that's the guy that was redeemed. That makes sense for the story. Yeah, well, like, that I don't even care about. But just the fact that, like, I don't want Ben to be redeemed. Like, he's a fucking evil rat. Like, this guy's an asshole. I don't want him to come. Like, I know it's always been in the cards the entire time, but, like, God damn, man. Like, we just want something slightly different. And that's what I really wanted. I wanted him to lean into it, especially considering how many times that we've had, like, the near moment where he was supposed to convert and, like, he's gone back to the dark side. Like, in The Last Jedi, like, uh, Last Jedi, Throne Room Scene is a perfect example of this. And how many times he's reached out to Ray and said, Take my hand, join me in the dark side, blah, blah, blah. And how many times Ray has said no. And Kyle has been, like, the driving force of, like, more or less evil in this. So, why wanted him to be bad. So I don't know how they like, I, yeah, I agree with you. And like, that's, that's kind of what 
that's what I felt like The Last Jedi was setting up a little bit. But the whole time I was like, they, they got to redeem Ben Solo because he's a he's a Skywalker. I, I just don't like, because if they're just going to take the same beats of the same movies, like he's got to be the Anakin Skywalker version of the Skywalker lineage here. Um, but the, the way, like, if, the one thing I want to say, and like, this is this is very fan servicey, but like the way I wanted it to end is instead of Ray deflecting the lightning, like it would have been cooler if like Ben struck uh, Palpatine down, and like Palpatine was trans, yes. like, kind of transfer like, his Sith powers into him, transfer his Sith powers into Ben, and then while that transformation was happening, like Ray then struck. Ben Solo down, and that was like her big emotional moment or something. That's what I thought was going to happen, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is going to be cool." He's going to be like, "Kill me!" Like he's going to he's going to take that place, right? Because Ray uh, obviously didn't want to do it, but yeah. he would take that place of the Emperor, and before that, that whatever, not transfer complete, but he'd be like, "Kill me," and just end it, right? But, I mean, they could write it in while, like, okay, well, like you know, Ray, you're not actually you're not actually doing a dark side thing here because the transition's happening while you strike both of them down. Mm -hmm. Or if like the transfusion would have been happening with like two semi dead characters, if it would have like flipped upside down and you would have had like the fucking Jedi ghosts, there doing some like force, whatever, like extremely fan servicey, but just like fucking destroying Palpatine on a spiritual level rather than a physical one. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like that. That's like definitely a Reddit thing, right there. But like, that's kind of like at the end. It was like, if you want Ben Solo to be redeemed, like make him be the one to actually fucking. If you want him to be the Anakin, make him be the one to kill the fucking Emperor again. Like, not not Ray. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. With that. I, well, I, think- I just man, it, it, it could have worked. Again, that's my thing. I disagree with the idea that he had to be redeemed. Yeah, I guess again, that's partly why I liked it. I just. You, again, you could even had a humanizing moment at the end, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. she's melting his ass, right? And yeah. she just kind of looked. He, he he looks at her and, and maybe sheds a tear and is like, 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 like the last second. Him, I'm sorry. Well, yeah. What what about this? Or lands behind her and he's like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then he like he yeah yeah and and like he's he's like being struck down and he's like fading and like you get this scene and Ray starts crying and then he goes, clear my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let Huck see it. Oh, what did we think about the entire fleet having planet killing weapons? Oh my god, I couldn't tell if it was tongue in cheek because of the pole line or whatever. No one even likes that. How they even like that's not even fan service. It's like the 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 pole line made me think it was tongue in cheek, where he's just like, oh, of course they're all planet blowing weapons or whatever. And I'm but then the more I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, I don't even think it was necessarily. They had a million ships. That was enough. They had a Death Star on a Star Destroyer. Like, yeah. could it do anything the Death Star can do? Like, maybe it wouldn't blow up a bigger planet. But, uh, yeah, it essentially was like a USB-C dongle Death Star adapter <laughs> for a Star Destroyer. It's like technology's advanced. Things have gotten smaller. Like, what we could have fit in a Death Star can now be fit into this adapter for every a Star single, Destroyer. Every single fucking Star Destroyer that we built on this planet that nobody can get to. Like, it's famous for the one fact that literally no one can get here. Uh, okay. Wait, I want to hit, I want to hit you with one ending thing because I forgot to say it earlier when you were talking about the the uh, Ray Skywalker. I thought they were set up perfectly for her to say I'm somebody because she says I'm nobody, right? In the first yes, movie, uh, I'm no one. Like that, I mean, that is the definition of it's poetry. It rhymes. Like I'm somebody. That would have been mm-hmm. just and even even looking at Luke and Leia and going like I'm somebody. It's like oh that hits. Like that's mm-hmm. felt like a payoff. And that's the, that's the point. Is like I liked what I liked from the Last Jedi. Like I said, like there's story things I didn't love. Um, but what I like from it is that kind of like 
getting away from this predestined idea of people being related to people and being Jedi. Yeah. And then you end it with, you end it with Ray basically like the whole thing is that she's nobody. And then all of a sudden she like learns she belongs to some families. Oh, then you belong to the Palpatines and she doesn't like that. But then she's like, I guess I'm a Skywalker. And that goes against the whole idea. Like she should be fine. Just not being like, not being related to this entire thing. Cause everything has to be related to something else. Or like you don't like the thing should be like, you don't have to be a Skywalker and you don't have to be a Palpatine. Like she wasn't raised mm-hmm. by this guy. Um, I, I so, don't know. Let's, let's talk about some other stuff that we like because I just want to note. I, I think C three PO. I usually hate C three PO. C three PO. What a movie for him. Oh my what god. A, what a 180 what a I took on C three PO. Where's CJ can write droids, folks. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to see somebody get just blown the smithereens more than this stupid droid. I was so sick of C three PO. Uh, great in this movie. Very funny. Every Dio joke too. really landed. I like, like Dio as an introvert robot. It was funny. It was a good idea. And he was integral to the plot a little bit, which was nice. It, like he was, there was a reason for him to be there, and it made sense, and it didn't feel forced, actually, which was surprising because he's just a toy. Um, oh, I, did like, I did like 3PO. E. McDermott, the part where they introduce him and that chaotic opening act, one of the best parts from it is when they first show off the Emperor because like, uh, Kylo Ren's like, going in that temple and everything, and like you're hearing all this like ambient noise and shit, and then it just sounds like all the sound gets sucked out of the room, and you just hear the emperor talk for the first time like that scene was really yeah. cool and that would have been cool yeah. if that wasn't teased to us Again. at all i think even better like that would have been way cooler that fucking that part was sick as hell um i'm trying to think of, or look through well bit. even when he becomes the emperor full on again he's in his red robes mm-hmm. and everything and he says like i, I forget the line i'm sorry i don't unfortunately i don't he just he spoke in one-liners that entire ending sequence where he where i do he's he definitely didn't lose the character like he very mm-hmm. oh, easily yeah. back in when he's like we're, just like the Skywalker threw me down. Like he said something like that as well. Mm. He threw Ben down the hole. <laughs> uh, he delivered that line like he had never left the character, which was just, which is great because Ian McDermott, one of the best parts of the prequels and was, the original trilogy. Were, were all those Sith loyalist ghosts or were they real beings? Figure that out. I'm going to be honest with you, Chief. Got no idea. Got no goddamn clue. That would have been cool if that was a little bit more established, but I still think it was kind of awesome. But again, like that chance. doesn't do, like, does that mean anything to you? Because you've known who that is. No, but I, I I do I do like if they had more time to explain this stuff. Like I do like the more cultish aspects of the yes. Sith. That's like one of the coolest things. That's why I thought the Sith dagger was gonna have more to play, but it was just there. It's just like this a subplot that meant nothing. <laughs> it was like it was like when you get a dagger in a video game and it has like the fucking quest. And you can't drop it. it. <laughs> you can't drop it <laughs> can't because drop it's like a quest <laughs> item. It's a quest item. <laughs> I finally, on, on my third viewing, I finally saw them, her line the Sith dagger up with the Death Star wreckage, and I realized what I was looking at. What was it? I mean, it, it just, the, the certain element, like certain ridges on the dagger line up with the Death Star. Oh, wreckage. yeah, yeah, no. That was but but when I first saw it, I was like, what am I looking at? I have, mm-hmm. I have no idea. Can you imagine there's an earthquake on that planet or something? Literally anything shifted whatsoever? Um, also, there's no way the Death Star, I'm sorry, I said no way the Death Star was, was in, in big chunks like that. That thing blew up completely. Oh, that thing exploded. I mean, <laughs> I mean blew up to um, tiny pieces. Yeah, the other thing is like before the movie, Jeff's like, hey, be on the lookout for a Muppet. He's <laughs> just cracked and going through puberty, folks. Uh, look, be on the lookout for a Muppet. And then right before it happened, Jeff's like, get ready. And then Lando opened the little slot. And he's like, take me to so-and-so. And then this Muppet looks back okay. and he's like, okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have the name. I have the name of the character. I, I don't know oh, if yeah. the visual Hit dictionary it. is out. Um, but I, I asked around. I, <laughs> I asked many people. He has a full backstory. It's probably like really dark. It's like, 
his home planet was destroyed. <laughs> I really, by the way, I don't like, I'm not, I'm not a big get ready for this moment, but Dumbledore. it's so quick. You, I needed you to be ready for it because the Muppet is glorious. Uh, it's Calone. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> it's Calone, uh, Flinty, and, and uh, uh, Flinty and Ageworn. Calone has been driving her treadable for decades. She has weathered many festivals of the ancestors <laughs> and jokingly tells new visitors to Pisana that she herself is one of the ancient ancestors being celebrated. She's most comfortable in her driver's cabin, speaking to passengers either through a decrepit loudspeaker or by opening the sliding slot in her door. She has one line. She goes, okay. <laughs> It sounds like a fucking startup that works at festivals. Treadables. Just like, <laughs> try a treadable. Only take half. I, I, I also like the, the space burning man. I, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. thought that was a cool. And one of the things I mentioned last night, and I don't know how to properly explain it, is one of the things I feel like this pr- sequel trilogy has really lacked is like any sort of scale or mm-hmm. explanation for like how big the first order actually is or how big the resistance is or how big the actual government is. Um, but it was nice to like get that scale in terms of like a whole bunch of other life forms on a planet. Um, and that's like for as much shit as I give the prequels, like that's the shit I liked about like the galactic Senate and all that stuff, mm-hmm. because it was big and you saw like how big the galaxy was and how many different life forms were there. Um, which is like in the sequel trilogy is just tough because everything's chewy or fucking uh, Nian Nub, rest in peace. RIP in peace. Big Dead, right? Did you guys confirm it on I your, on your watch? I that thing was know. on fire. That thing was on fire. Yeah, it was even, going down even, in flames. But Poe's ship was, was sparking up too, though. Yeah, man. But it wasn't on fire. It was sparking. Like there's electricity, but no, it wasn't we'll on say fire. He's dead. We'll say he's dead. Major Big rest dead. in peace. Rip Big Nine Nub. <laughs> uh, how about the Avengers Endgame parallels? I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, essentially, just 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 Poe flying around and hearing on your left. <laughs> That's essentially that scene. I mean, the ship's saying, "You're not alone, baby." He was he was part of the Rat Pack. Yeah, <laughs> flying I mean, to the, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing I'll note for JJ, and this is just talking about the festival shit, is he has like you can tell a, like a real like a reverence for just that original production design shit, like the practical effects, the yep. like the puppet yep. work and all that shit. And that to me is so cool. Like if JJ could have been the fucking production designer on this, I think it might have even been a better movie because I think he captured like the feel like the star wars feel so very well which is good and i think that's why audiences like a lot of this but like overall arcing plot shit and a lot of dialogue i think could have used a lot of work but that like i think even what's her name Maz Kanata, i thought looked way better i think they made her from mostly cgi creation into like a little bit of puppetry because like the mouth and everything like that it looked real look non-cgi no you're right Hey, you're right. J- JJ, everybody talk like there's one term people use a lot with JJ that I've seen floated around in set pieces. JJ mm-hmm. does set. Pieces. Yes. Like, but that, every, that goes to your scale talk too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in every discussion I've seen on JJ, it's, it's him, basically him using a device to get from one set piece to the other. And the reason I, I mean, the reason I was, I'm shitting all over in this review, but I really liked it is it just, it still felt very star Wars. It still was very fun. It was a space adventure and uh stuff didn't happen the way i wanted it to and i thought a lot of the stuff was stupid but at the end of the day you know it's still still a slop i still like the slop i'm gonna grade it on a curve because of that and i think jj really understands that um and i thought the last jedi felt star wars too in a lot of different points Mm -hmm. um but jj makes it feel like the actual trilogies and he does a good job at that and that's why i think he was a great choice for the force awakens um 
but the problem is is like they got people back in the door at the force awakens and that like that didn't really set much up itself like i'm starting to think back to like should the force awakens just had luke in it more like i don't know yeah i think that's a huge problem that we don't even talk about like i think it it might have been better off that way i don't know who knows in retrospect, I probably could have done more. But yeah, I think it's an individual and, movie, again, it's really good. I, I want to say, too, the reason why, like, a lot of complaints here. We said this about The Last Jedi. Bottom line, like, even though some story stuff feels forced and unearned and just weird story, like, I think The Kiss is one of those ones where it it it, it steps out of the, these are not the things I wanted to see or these are the things you wanted to see. Like, that just felt weird in the story and and like just didn't work so i'll criticize that but like i give it a 79 because like the things that i like about this are mostly structural mm-hmm. like, even though they weren't choices i would have loved to have made that's just a story and like i can accept story and i think a lot of it does work even though i don't love them so that's why like i'm dropping a 79 on this because mostly the stuff i'm i can like really grade and really critique like i just there's a pacing it was the way mm-hmm. the movie structured and the way it felt and the way it flowed and it felt choppy at times um it i don't know I don't know. It was it, it's it's weird. Also, another Avengers Endgame one is which I didn't realize until the second viewing, when she says, "And I am all the Jedi." That was I am Iron Man. I didn't mm-hmm. even make that connection at first. That's like <laughs> that's the biggest. Actually, one of them I kind of like the way that was shot. That whole sequence, like it, it is, a, it's obviously super fan servicey, but like the whole it zooming out into space, like through the battle and all that, and then hearing all the voices, and always like you're just sitting there waiting, and like every time you hear a new voice, that like you remember, you're like, oh. Like I get it, obviously fan service. I'm being a little hypocritical here, but I liked it because like we hear like guys like fucking Mace Window, we hear Yoda, we hear Ahsoka Tano at one point. We hear like all. You want to know all the names? Yeah, you got the full list. I'm ready for that full list. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Luke Skywalker, Yoda, young Obi Wan, old Obi Wan, Mace Windu, Anakin Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, Ayala Sakura, uh, who's the Green Jedi, uh, Luminara Unduli, another Jedi. Uh, Adi Galia, uh, Kanan Jarrus from Rebels. So those are all the names. And Camus. Okay. Right at the end of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Let me put up the tunes. Oh, no. Isla Sakura is the, uh, the, tw- the Twi'lek. Luminary. This is getting really deep cut. But Luminary Unduli is the, 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 gr- the green one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought yeah, that was I, well shot. That's cool. It, I mean, and, the movie, and the movie looked great. I mean, that's the thing. I will say the look of it and the feel of the movie, I, I really do enjoy it. Like, I, I, I enjoyed that stuff a lot. And the fight looked great. Um, I thought the stuff on the ship was a good decision. It was cool to see stuff, like, on the ground, in the air. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that whole scene was it, – it, I thought it could look corny and stupid. I don't think it did at all. Uh, space battle stuff was, was, was fun. It was up close at times, but also pulled back. You kind of see everything that was going on. You, like you said, Trill, you understood the scale. I liked all the ships. Yeah, the, the ships troopers are cool. Are cool. Yeah. That was that was fun. Like I, I like the sky full of star destroyers, even though that's you know, it's like Homer Homer <laughs> Simpson's Cold, Coldplay voice. <laughs> In a sky full of stars destroyers. Um it felt like Homer Simpson was writing a Star Wars movie because like <laughs> oh, then all the star destroyers pop up. But then I think it like also like kind of the Star Forge gets to the same thing where they just three D print a bunch of star destroyers. I don't know. That was neat. Um yeah, what the adventure stuff is cool as well. I think that stuff works really well. Uh, them together, especially on Pisana, uh, Kajimi, Kamiji, Kajami, I don't know the name. Uh, a lot of cool long takes in this. JJ, like not like super long ones, but like like, like two, two and a half minute shots. Like pretty cool. It was like I noticed at least like three of them and they were sick. And I, 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 I'm going to backpedal on something I said and we did a long kind of recap, like plot point recap um, and a reaction, which you can listen to if you want to dive deeper. But I... 
I now like the lightsaber duel on Kef Beer on the Death Star. I, I was, I think, a mad fanboy that they didn't use Duel of Fates. I was like, what is this? I go, why, why was this in the commercial? I've been duped. I've been bamboozled. And then watching it again, I think it works well. And I, if you listen to this podcast, you know my biggest complaint with the prequel fights is they're over choreographed. Like, I, I know I'm, I'm very much in the minority. I'm the Phantom Menace one. I just think it looks like a bunch of, it, it is, it's pre-choreographed flips. And it just doesn't look natural. Where this one, they're doing different moves. They're like, they're kind of doing like a reverse grip on the damn lightsaber. And Ray's doing the stuff that we saw her train with in Last Jedi. Things that she would do with her staff in uh, The Force Awakens. I like that fight. It was, it was raw. It was a raw fight. Uh, not my favorite of the trilogy, though. I, I still think the fight yeah. in um, uh, on Starkiller Base was was my favorite. Oh, uh, well, no, lightsaber on lightsaber. The throne room okay, fight okay. was awesome, but yeah. like lightsaber on lightsaber, which there obviously were many of them. I thought that was pretty cool, and, and I like going in and out. The way the in and out of the Force FaceTiming was shot. Yes, inside his office. Like, what? Are we yeah, that's what I was, I was saying that before. Yeah, I was saying that part before with the Force transition yeah. thing. Like that thing was so cool. That was really well shot. Yeah, no, I think you're definitely. I like. I agree with you completely on that. So I'll rank that up there as well. But I did like that lightsaber. I want to. I want to backpedal on that. I, I ended up liking it. Uh, John Williams is a genius. In the movie, by the way, he's the bartender yep. on uh, Kajimi or Kimiji. I don't care if that's. I don't care if that's forced fan service and they focus on he the bartender that, for no man. reason yeah just like that's one of those ones where you're like yes he needs to be there you got you got to show close up he's I mean, he's the goat he's unbelievable mm-hmm. and he his score of this trilogy has been great kylo's theme is awesome and ray's theme is so good so mm-hmm. good ray's theme i think is my favorite individual theme out of the out of like almost all the movies i think it's so good it's like and the way he weaves in and out of it is amazing oh no I also liked when Luke raised the X-wing and the Yoda's yeah. team was playing. Yep, and they get that smirk. Yeah, like that that was that was the the good fan service. I was now, saying that, to them after this, I was hoping that he said like something like, "Yeah, Yoda, you see that shit? Couldn't do it before. I can do it now." Yeah, there, I, was, there was. I good don't fan think service, they were right. I don't think they went far enough though. If they're gonna do that. Just have the ghost Yoda stand next to Luke and just like look up at him, or like at the end, just fucking have all the Force ghosts there. Have an like why uh, have Anakin? That I never understood. I did not get. I didn't get that. I don't understand. Maybe it was they couldn't get all the actors, but they got them to do voices. I didn't understand. I guess it makes it's tough because you have to get, um, you know, obviously Alec Guinness has passed, but I, I, I felt like the way they did it. Uh, like before the movie, I could have, I would have said, I don't think they can do that. I don't think they can do the Force Ghost. It would look weird. It would look super forced, super in your face, like fourth wall breaky. Like, hey fans, here it is. I think it would have worked. I I'm think they had to, that. We didn't get that. I think that maybe they they kind of hit their limit with like Ready Player One moments, and they're like, maybe <laughs> maybe we maybe we got to take a take a break. Yeah, but okay, counterpoint. Yeah, counterpoint. And I agree with you, but they gave Chewie a medal. They gave Chewie the damn medal. They yes, he deserved it. He deserved that fucking medal. Did you not like that part? You shook your head and I didn't ask you about it after. No, because like like giving Chewie the medal is like the most 2008 image meme thing. (laughs) That's just like, why did Chewie get the medal? Like, you know, like, I don't know. No, it is. No, then that that comes back to the fan service fucking uh, Reddit made movie thing. Like that goes right back to that point. Uh, I mean, any we have anything else? I feel like we could probably go more comprehensive, but I think we're just throwing thoughts out there. I think to sum it up, I mean, I think we enjoyed, we had fun with it as fans. Uh, I, again, I gave it a 79. I'm kind of comfortable with that. I, my, my thing is, is that while I don't love some of the story choices, I'm not going to dock points to that. I think the issues is structurally speaking, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a weird movie in terms of how it's laid out there. And, mm-hmm. and it, I, I wasn't bored, but I, it's, 
there's just like they, they should have stretched some things and it just felt exhausting at times. That first seven minutes is exhausting and it's unfortunate because I think all three of those scenes are very cool. I like them all. Except Bulio having oh, a Bulio. thick British accent. That was uh, Mark Hamill, no? I love that. Was it? Yeah, I think that was Mark Hamill doing the voice. Uh, that's awesome if so. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's that kind of stand just hitting that same spot as you. Just very, it's an entertaining movie, and like again, your fan brain is going to like it. Critically, there is a lot of problems with it as a, as both a standalone movie and like its place in the in the trilogy. There's definitely technical issues with it, but well, again, I like you're her, be entertained. So I liked her yellow saber. I mean, it's unnecessary for her to ignite the saber. Kind of a weird move, like she's doing it by herself. But just I, use the saber, like it, yeah. it, write it in to where she gets to use the yellow saber. Yeah. I, I want to see it now. If you're going to do that, let me see it in action. And that's that's my biggest complaint with like J.J. Abrams is like that feels like the whole mystery box shit where he gives you a glimpse of something and then it doesn't get executed. Like the Knights of Ren. I'm sure oh I'm sure if he would have directed The Last Jedi, we would have seen more of the Knights of Ren. But like they just they got fucking just demolished. He could have used them here, though. That's the thing. Though. He could have used them. Really Again, they, they were fine for the movie for like standalone when you look at the movie it's fine like you understand it's this guy's henchman like i think mean, it comes across well to a point where you're not like that ruined the movie like it doesn't at all but you're no. like it's it's one of those as a fan thing you're disappointed but oh, like yeah how about, we, how about if she would use the saber sorry joe to like go down inside the the large homestead remember she used the saber as a light in the cave she could have used it that way you know would have been would have been mm-hmm. a bit more natural and then also Tro, make your point but i want to hear about um your thoughts on cloud city and the ewoks as well i didn't mind that I, I didn't mind that. So we're waiting for now. What? That's what we're waiting for. The big end of the thing where we get to see all the other planets celebrating. Yeah, I mean that that's like that's a given, man. Like that that the, the end of a Star Wars wouldn't you know when were they like uh did they do the hold on. Did they do the holdo maneuver when the Ewoks were looking at it? it was like a star destroyer split in half? That's what it looked just, like. But I, they did, which they did reference a holdo maneuver. They said it was a one in a million shot. That's why nobody uses mm-hmm. it. That explains. I know people call it a plot hole, uh, but they did explain that. What are you saying, Trello? Sorry to cut off your point, which can be the final point on this. I think we've kind of run out of. Uh, no, it, it's all good. Um, I forget. <laughs> well, uh, how about her? How about her force burying the lightsabers? Like, hmm, what did what did Anakin like more than anything else? Sand. Let's 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 bury his saber here. <laughs> this fucking shithole planet that he hated. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I oh, wait, just... Trill, did you say that you thought that the old lady at the end might have been her mom? I thought that. I okay, thought that we said okay. that at the end. Of th- I was terrified that it was going to be like, daughter. Because you, <laughs> you only saw this, this, the, her dad get killed. You didn't see her mom get killed. She... I was so fucking horrified that was about to happen. Tatooine aged her like 40 years in the last 20 that have happened. In his I, I didn't see her face at first. And then I was just like, oh, God, please, no, please, no. No, there was something. There was another really stupid thing in there that I wanted to call out. That I think I, I made a point to reference with you, Jeff. But God, I can't. I can't remember it now for the life of me. <laughs> Must have not been that great, huh? We we had a couple of laughs. I mean, there was a. You turned at almost every moment I thought you would turn at, and give me the look of like, oh boy, or that's awesome. God, I wish I could remember it because it was it was really stupid, but it was like stupid in a funny way. I, I would be an absolute liar if I didn't say, though, let me go back to the Avengers Endgame peril I made. I'd be a liar if I didn't say that I smiled just as hard on the third viewing as I did the first when all the ships were there. That was awesome yeah. with the John Williams. Like, I mean, look, like, let's let's 
I'm not going to pretend and sit here. I, I didn't. I didn't love that. And I'm going to watch a million times when it comes out too. And and I think that's why I think that's why all the reviews are relatively positive. It's it's that mm-hmm. that going back to Ken Jack's point, the whole cinema versus theater park experience. This is a theater park experience. I think I think this stuff like Star Wars. Obviously, it's tough because so many ha- so many people have different exp- explanations of what Star Wars is to them, and you can't satisfy everyone. But at the end of the day, it's I, I don't know if this trilogy really move things forward um and i mean i don't know how you do that but like you know you saw ray in the binary sunset which was a given like that was going to happen but like you still wanted more like i want to know what happens to this character i i don't feel like that's the end of her story and i don't know if there are other movies are coming and i don't know if i was going to get it out of this movie but like part of that was like i felt like these characters like it left us feeling that way for a lot of them like Finn, especially. I thought Finn was the one who got the shortest end of the stick in terms of arc and characterization. And they tried to give him as much as they could with the other deserters and, you know, having him a place to belong. Um, but, you know, what it comes, what it comes down to for me is uh, I, I, I think I, like what I'll take away from this whole sequel trilogy is I think it just goes to show you like in terms of like these properties getting in hands of big, big companies like Disney that it can go either one of two ways and like the good way obviously is the Avenger style. And then this way is the style where they just don't have things plotted out. And it wouldn't surprise me if like we talked about it before, if we saw some change based on the fan feedback, which is stupid because like, yeah, I'm like completely against doing anything just based on people being pissed off about what did or didn't happen in the movie. But ultimately, I think they have a bigger problem on their hands. I think people are probably getting tired of Star Wars. I think Bob Iger's admitted it so much. I don't think this helps it. Like, I think it's a good movie, but like, I think more than anything, people are just exhausted after this trilogy. I this is a weird comparison. All right, so you you're allowed to make fun of me here, but you know when you play like a, a like a a bar game or a drinking game and you've just been dog walked the entire time and you have your final shot finally and you just bullshit it like you're playing beer pong. And you just got waxed. You got to have redemption, but you have to hit every cup. And you just kind of just throw it. Like you basically throw it over the table, over the person. That's yeah. what I feel like for them with Star Wars, the Red Scott, or for all of them. They're just like, yeah, fuck it. They're just like, yeah. Like the press tour was a big fucking moment. It was like, ah, we're, ah, we're done with this shit. You've beaten us. Like you've beaten us down to, <laughs> yeah. to sadness. We're just done. We're out of here. Like get me out of here as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and looking back, like the press tour was just, that was expectation setting 101. Oh, yeah. Right big time. Yeah. Yeah, and even JJ, I think he made a comment about like the criticism. He's like, you know, what do you say to people who hate it? And he's like, they're probably right. And then the flip side, he's like, people who like it, they're probably right too. Um, I, I think, I again, I wouldn't be surprised if there was just a lot of decisions being made for this one that maybe JJ didn't have control over. Same thing for Ryan Johnson. Maybe even the same thing in The Force Awakens in terms of like, we got this Star Wars property, we need to protect it. And, you know, there were constraints put in place and nobody was really able to do what they wanted to do. And part of that was like, I also think they, they set, they set people up for failure too. Like, man, I'm talking about like management, just not having a central theme. It's like, you know, JJ, like is, even though this is getting pretty positive reviews, like, I, I just think the, uh, like at the end of the day, like what this is going to lead to is essentially a like rethinking of what Star Wars is. And we're obviously mm-hmm. not getting another mainline movie till 2022. And now they got to manage through this fatigue. And, you know, like Brian Johnson. going to have Obi-Wan too. Yep. Yeah. 
and, and I think, yeah, but I think some of this is like JJ's probably like, okay, well, did we really need a solo movie that didn't do that well to even like kind of fuck up people's perceptions a little more who may not like coming in liking it? Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, JJ probably doesn't care. Like, he, you know, he just, he just threw this beer pong ball, his ping pong ball over the table. He's just done with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's the right way for him to think. I think Ryan Johnson, like everybody should just move on. Um, these things are going to get tougher and tougher to make. The internet's amplified it. There's no right way to do it. Um, I don't have all the answers at the end of the day. You give me the rise of Skywalker. I'm going to fucking see it. You give me mm-hmm. the force awakens. I'm going to see it. You give me soul. I'm going to see it. It doesn't matter what I say. I, I think my kind of parting shot here is that I, I might, I love that Empire Strikes Back. I love, there's a lot of reasons. Most of it's character driven. I like character driven things. Again, if you listen to this podcast, you know that like character driven stuff. I typically side with, uh, that's why I love the Mandalorian. Mandalorian establishes some new character, brings him in. There's an adventure aspect to it as well. I think this movie is a big time adventure movie. I've seen a lot of people say this. And they're absolutely entitled to say this because if this is what you want for Star Wars, and that's great. Like the, you pull from this whatever you want. And I hope that the that the narrative on Star Wars becomes more positive again because it's it's sad. It's sad that people argue over shit like this. It's like it's <laughs> pathetic. Screaming um, in the wind. About we, it. we are as guilty as well. We're not as guilty as everyone. I can't say that. <laughs> But we're guilty, I'm sure, at times as well. But like the, the character-driven stuff is is what I hope they they go with. I, I love to see that because there's have no character fun development stuff. in this, which kind yeah. of sucks. That's <laughs> like, oh no. He's oh, reading the, something I sent him. The memes of Ken Jackson. It's it's two it's two comics: the Virgin J.K. Rowling versus the Chad George Lucas. And I'll just read the fir- the first one. J.K. Rowling says Wiz- wizards actually just walk around with piss and shit in their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Chad George Lucas says <laughs> don't say it wait don't say this don't say this next one don't say it you can't say it because we're about to draft characters and things don't say okay. it don't say it <laughs> we're about to talk about it it's so funny though <laughs> let's 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 move on ne- Nebu, oh, has no, best... <laughs> Nebu has the best pizza <laughs> okay. no fans are like fascinating tell us more Oh boy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're trying to wrap up seriously. No, no, no. I just there's a couple funny names <laughs> the, in here. We're Quinn, about to talk about. Names. Oh my god, Jim, one is so funny. <laughs> right, say it. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Qui Gon Jin's hairdresser was a blue rat named Fungo Hairstylist. <laughs> General Grievous is from the planet Crunt. <laughs> <laughs> one of the funniest things I've read. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I need to reach. I'm going to, uh, I think I already retweeted, but I retweeted again. Okay. Okay. That's Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. If you liked it, we're there with you in some sense. If you didn't like it, we're there with you in some sense as well. Um, <laughs> oh, oh boy. I'm excited for the Mandalorian season finale. I'll tell you that right now. Oh yeah. I I'm with you. Here I am saying I'm tired of Star Wars. And <laughs> just give me more, more Star Wars, critters. baby. I'm just tired of the discussion on Star Wars. I'm not tired of Star Wars. And I'm sure plenty of people are. I'm, it's a discussion I'm tired of. I can't wait for fucking Clone Wars, man. I restarted it yes. just because we're getting the new season yes. soon. I can't yes. fucking wait. That's fun adventure wait. Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Here's how we're going to do this. Um, we're we're going to say... We're, we're, we're going to say... Uh, I'm holding up two numbers behind my back. Ken Jack, odds are evens. Evens. All right, I have two. So you're going to go first, then Trill, then myself, then the audience. Uh, so we're going to be doing... Top five worst or dumbest, we're going to get the name eventually, Star Wars character names. Uh, every character has a name. There's a character in the, the Rise of Skywalker that we mentioned that says one word. 
okay. And he has a full backstory. Or she has a full backstory. Uh, and there are some ridiculous ones. Some are puns. Some are references. Uh, so, Ken Jack, you'll pick first. Uh, and then Troll pick, I'll pick, and then the audience, and we'll reverse the order. Uh, and we'll see who has the most ridiculous list at the end. All right. Uh, Start it out. Number one overall pick. You know it has to be done. Shmi Skywalker. <laughs> Shmi is the dumbest name ever thought of in any any sense whatsoever. George Lucas sat down and said, hey, uh, what if her name was Shmi? And nobody, nobody was like, hey, f- how about fucking no? How about no to Shmi Skywalker? <laughs> and I mean, I think she's. That, she was, that like, was the first thing that somebody could have been like, I'm not going to be the yes man. George, yes. You got to change that. Can't be Shmi. And that had to be so early in the screenwriting process, right? They had to be, they had, to, there had to be somebody that read that and was like, hey, George, how about not Shmi? Like literally any other name, make her name Watto. Who cares? He's just she's driving fucking- with one of his friends, <laughs> like Spielberg, in the car, driving somewhere. He just out, like blurts it out, like, Shmi. <laughs> what George? That's Anakin's mother's name. Anakin's it's her mom's it's name. Bullio Skywalker. George, you sure you don't want to add a vowel <laughs> in the middle? Um, I don't think we're good here. Shumi, <laughs> like literally, and Shumai, Shumai uh, Skywalker. Like, tr- why does your first name suck so much, but your last name's good? It's so cool, and your kid's <laughs> name is cool. Your name sucks. You're supposed to be the Virgin Mary, and your name just sucks. Damn, man. Shree. Shree. Smoodle. Okay, Trill, your pick. Uh, most yeah, number, Star Wars name. Yeah, number one is Droopy McCool. <laughs> I knew he was going to make it. I, uh, how, how does that happen? <laughs> like, how are you naming this? And you got people, and their names are like Cause Katana. And then all of a sudden, the Max Rebo band has somebody named Troopy McCool in it. The clarinet player that looks like a nutsack. Yeah, he's, he has like a pig nose, no eyes, and he plays a clarinet. Like, the thing is, it's like, it wouldn't be so stupid if Max Rebo was named Droopy McCool, because Max Rebo looks like a Droopy McCool. Yeah, it's like, cool. The, Droopy McCool looks like a crunt. <laughs> Troopy McCool, not cool. Just or, or like, not like, a rad guy. Grundle Swedenson. <laughs> just an just an actual name because Droopy McCool is not cool. He is Droopy. That is for certain. Does he have he is eyes? Not cool. He's also Irish, apparently. <laughs> no. <laughs> the last name like McCool. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna we, we're gonna have to read a couple of these. Droopy McCool was the commonly known stage name of Snit, who was a male k- kidnack and the lead horn player of the Max Rebo band. He played the Chindana Kalu Who is flute? the backup wait, horn player? Wait, <laughs> his body releases a vanilla-like smell. No way that smell guy smells like vanilla. This, anything I'm reading is canon, is true. Is it, it smells like vanilla. Is it Legends canon or canon? No, this canon. is canon canon. This is like main Star Wars canon. It's fucking fat ass chode just smells like vanilla there's no way there's um no goddamn way he looks like droopy mccool looks like one of those zombies in the zombie video games that explode after you yes. kill them like in rise in the what do you call it the um, the last of us yeah the, big, the bloaters or whatever yeah big bloater god he's ugly uh my big pick ass is, hands is kind of a cheat i'm going with a band name no. uh, and and that is evar orbis and his galactic jizz whalers <laughs> 
and that was the first part of that George, the mm-hmm. Chad George Lucas thing was that <laughs> space jazz is called jizz. <laughs> and that's exactly what it is. That is what that is. It is an upbeat swinging genre of music, most notably performed by Fire and Dan and the Modal Nodes and the Max Rebo Band. Uh, if, if you guys, if you want an encore, we're going to need some Roman swipes down here, stat. <laughs> You know the the part of the the rise of Skywalker I didn't like was when Poe Poe was standing around and he he goes guys Palpatine's back and the Max Rebo band they're all dead <laughs> they were in Kabumba or whatever that that planet was that got destroyed they were they were killed in the 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 the, the Miami jizz, the jizz fire. <laughs> Um, Come on down to the Jizz Club. Back to back picks for the audience. <laughs> Scrappy Doo has been found dead in Miami. Dead in Miami. <laughs> this is okay. This is not canon. This is Legends canon. So uh, Disney has cut this from from Legend, uh, and it is Luke Skywalker with three U's. It's a clone of Luke. <laughs> Damn it! That was on my list. <laughs> okay. And then next is a character named Pow. Uh, but Pow's full name, Pow is in Rogue One. You can see him in Rogue One. <laughs> yep. His name is Powadoc Draba Takat Saf Directi Nick Linke T Kivef Nick Neseferef Likik. He's got a roomy ass mouth. I mean, that's just like you're an asshole. If you're the person <laughs> who's doing that, you're an asshole. You got a big mouth. I, I kind of like him, though. He's one of the funnier parts when we're going to see that little weird rat thing firing off lasers. Um. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with one of my favorite ones. Oh, no. You're going to take mine. I know it. I don't know. I don't want to go with another band player. I'm going to have to go with a name that they ran out of creativity for. Uh, That's Elon Spagano. Got him. Uh, He was a male Balasar death stick dealer on Coruscant. Uh, This is the guy that says, you want to buy some death sticks? And that's the ultimate George Lucas thing for me. It's like he was probably donating a lot of money to dare campaigns in the 80s. <laughs> He's like, well, well, the drug dealer should just be the Sleaze Pagano. Sleaze Pagano. Not a good that's, guy. That's not his real name, though, right? He has a different name. Like, I think um, that, that's his stage name for working. It's, 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 it says his name was Elon Sleaze Pagano. Fuck, because I looked it up beforehand and it said he had like a different name, like Born as something. This is, oh my God. Okay. Um, oh, and there's an explanation on why the Elon Sleeves Bagano toy looks different than it should. Elon Sleeves Bagano was altered in post production, too late for toys and the works to change. The proper Elon Sleeves Bagano has no ears. Good change. Uh, Trill. He, he sold he sold a lot of death sticks to the Jizz Whalers. <laughs> the Smoky Dow Jizz Club. Okay, which one do I want to take right here? Um. You know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna have to take Jack Porkins. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's fat, folks. <laughs> His name's Porkins. So it's about. I mean, imagine reading the script and seeing that your name is Porkins. <laughs> in in Star Wars Family Guy, they have him busting out of the cockpit. He doesn't even. <laughs> he weighs down. He, he doesn't even get shot down. He weighs down the X-wing so much that it crashes into the fucking Death Star. I'm going down. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh my goodness jack porkins is a very good pick uh ken jack uh my pick is salacious crumb can't not have salacious crumb on here he was gonna i think he would probably have been one of the next picks uh i just i don't know what about salacious crumb was salacious like 
Is this is he supposed to be of of a sexual nature, Salacious Crumb? I'm gonna crumb <laughs> at the Jizz Club. <laughs> he got kicked out of the Jizz Club for crumbing. I mean, worth noting, he has a middle initial. <laughs> B. See what? Salacious, salacious B Crumb. Yes, yeah, Salacious B Crumbing. <laughs> So they should just be crumbing at the gym. So <laughs> Jeez, I mean, it, when, you go to his page, when you go to his page, you also learn that Jabba has a full three names too. Jabba, Desilogic, Tiori. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Jay has a son too, so that implies that Jabba fucks. How the fuck did the Huts take power in the universe? <laughs> they can't do anything. They're so useless. Oh my god. Um, they got a lot okay. of crumb. <laughs> so Salacious Crumb, you have a back-to-back pick here. Uh, this one, I'm very, I'm not sure who to take. I have like, I have on my list here of like all my picks, and this one, has, this guy hasn't been taken yet. So, yeah, I'm gonna go Therm Scissor Punch. <laughs> Therm Scissor Punch had to be on the list somewhere. Have you seen this one before, Tro? No. Therm Scissor Punch. He was. What movie was he in again? Therm. <laughs> Therm Scissor Punch made his. <laughs> he's, he's a he's a lobster, by the way. Just, yeah, he's just a lobster man. He looks like the fucking things from District Nine. Um, I, I don't know where he debuted. Oh, he's from Solo, a Star Wars story, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's Therm. Oh my God, Therm Scissor Punch was first revealed in a Denny's commercial for Star Wars, a Solo, a Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, full circle, full circle, back to our Denny's skit. Scissor Punch was later identified by name in a Denny's exclusive Tops trading card for Solo. <laughs> See, and this is why this fucking this is why when we talk about Star Wars, like it's it's hard to hate it. It's hard to watch any of these movies and be like, I can't stand this because all this shit is just utterly ridiculous marketing bullshit. Nothing like, like getting some tops after some crumb, you know. <laughs> got some tops at Denny's. <laughs> that's why I got kicked. That's why Crumb got kicked out of the Denny's. <laughs> He came in, just walked up to the waitress. Can can I have some tops? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Therm Scissor Punch. What a name. Big ass lobster man. (laughs) Number three. My number three is. uh, It's it's cost dash it. (laughs) Wait, what? What? C O S D A S shit. Cause dash it. Uh, it's a legends. Was the emperor of the new galactic empire? Yeah, I know this up though. Cause dash it. Cause dash it. Cause the shit. Literally cause the shit. Cause the shit. shit. (laughs) What does your character do? He causes the shit. All right, that's the name. (laughs) He caused the whole shit. He looks like the fucking dude, the Mark Strong character from uh, uh, Green Lantern. What's his name? Yeah, Mysterio. No, not Mysterio. <laughs> uh, Costa Shin was a character who appeared in George Lucas's rough draft for Star Wars. The character was eventually replaced by Palpatine. <laughs> it's a big change. <laughs> However, there is no evidence to suggest that the shit was force sensitive or a Sith Lord like Palpatine. <laughs> also, unlike Palpatine, his appearance is that of a handsome middle-aged man instead of the resembling of the witch from the Seven Dwarfs. In the first draft, he was renamed Son Hat. Son Hat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love this so much. Um, I love okay. Star Wars. You know, you know, George is like, yeah, he's the bad guy. 
behind everything that's happening. He he, he, he caused, caused the shit. Caused that shit. <laughs> um i i have to i have to honor the maker himself with my next one uh and that is a character played by george lucas and mm. that is uh not lewiski papa noda uh, <laughs> and it is george lucas with his face painted blue you can see him in attack of the clones he's just kind of sitting by the space opera it's just just blue george lucas just chilling there and then he didn't even come back and voice the character for clone wars god oh, damn Terrible he looks character. he's one of those dudes from um that that was an orca thing in uh clone wars i forget what the planet was but they have like the the republic and the trade federation like fight over them i forget their name so i'll look them up it was like a chancellor or something so this one i i don't agree with but i'm gonna i'm gonna accept it because it's their pick and that is kit fisto because kit fisto is a popular <laughs> character kit it's fisto, cool kit fisto sick yeah, Kid Fisto was a very was a fan favorite in the prequels. He died. Palpatine killed him. Unceremoniously fucking murked. Yeah. So so Fisto's bad. And then <laughs> then Kit is very close to another word. Yes. And the combination of the two, I think, it just sounds bad. But Kit Fisto was <laughs> up there. He was a big pick by that. Uh, and then the next pick uh is a character or your uh it's spelled O. U R O R R U R apostrophe R apostrophe R and it's a Tuscan Raider, which which it seems to be some sort. It apparently is the Tuscan Raider who attacks. No, okay, he's a Tuscan Raider who shoots at the 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 Banta the Bunti Classic. The Bunti Classic, yeah. Yeah, he shoots at the at the Pod Racers. Yeah. Bad aim. Like they're good enough aim to hit these fucking speeding pod racers. Not good enough to actually hit anyone. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, we're gonna go with for my next one. Uh, we're gonna go with uh, Foden's bead Anadu, which is the uh, the announcers for the pod race. Uh, they're <laughs> the announcers. Howard Cosell. <laughs> it um. Yes. <laughs> yeah, F- Foden's bead Anadu, better known as Foden Bead, was a Troy pod racing announcer. Uh, both heads acted as separate beings with the redhead named Fode and greenhead named Bead. Um, and they, they were the announcers. Do, do the There Goes Quadraneros. No, uh, fucking Devlin does it the best. I oh, can't right, really do it. Right. Yeah. He's, got four, no, he's, got, four he's <laughs> got four engines, though. So the name makes Quadraneros. Sense. I mean, if you can name the Lobster Man Scissor Punch, it's very literal. Yes. Everyone has to do what their name says. <laughs> Unless you're a main still- character. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's why he got kicked out of the Denny's. <laughs> it's, it's he has actually a, he has like a Jamaican accent in Clone Wars, I believe, right? Like sort of. And, and but they also tried to make the character. Uh, they they tried to make him practical, mm-hmm. and, and and George apparently didn't like what they looked like uh, when he tried to blue screen them together. So they they decided to make them make them fake but the toys have the real actors faces instead of Ooh, the uh, uh they do now uh, uh so there's my pick trill you're up next okay this one is the worst jedi of all time okay. this is somebody who should not have been a jedi they have a bad name and they have a bad appearance uh i'm gonna send a picture now is that oh my god it's, uh, it's, wait it's, wait let me say the name it's the guy with the long neck so it's a guy with the long neck. I'm going to say his name in a second. But if your neck is that long and part of your job is basically lightsabers, like just flying everywhere, that's, that's a liability. Mm-hmm. Your neck can't it's, be that long. Oh, oh, um, <laughs> it's, it's, though his last name is, is, uh, 
is uh, Yareel, right? It's Yareel Poof. Oh. <laughs> it sounds like, it's like a British insult. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, it's a fart sound. Damn it. Mm. That was close. Poof. Poof. Yareel mm-hmm. Poof. <laughs> I think Yoda was ever like, mm. <laughs> reconsider career. You will. <laughs> I, letter of recommendation I can make. He just steps steps out of the transport and tag of the clones and immediately gets his <laughs> neck cut in half. Immediately <laughs> by, by, by the blade of some. <laughs> Afford the contracting costs. We cannot redesign the temple to fit your enormously <laughs> enormously long neck. We cannot do. He gives wait, it like what? a wait, wait, wait. Let me send this. He died in Attack of the Clones, apparently, according to canon. His Legos, the <laughs> <a> hundred Legos. <laughs> and like the fucking Kaminoans, they move so slowly. Like especially he, so he in Attack he of the Clones. He isn't, Wait, he's not a Kaminoan? What is here we he? go. Let's get some fun facts here. Yuriel Poof first appeared in Star Wars The Phantom Menace. Although his name was never spoken in The Phantom Menace, it was given in the film's credit. Poof was originally slated to appear in uh, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, but George Lucas was concerned that viewers would confuse him with Kaminoans, a new species introduced in the film, as no new footage of the Jedi Council chambers were shot for Episode 2. Archival footage for Episode 1 was reused. In order to remove him from the film, Poof was digitally painted out of the footage and replaced by Coleman Trebber, a new Jedi <laughs> master designed for the movie. <laughs> he he yeah, got kicked the, out of the, the Jennings for asking for, for some long neck. The, uh, yeah, the investment banking Jedi master, Coleman Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually an arc in clone wars too the banking clan one fuck what was that guy's name the guy who hits on padme like mercilessly oh i forget i forget Anakin. but also it notes that he's 2.64 <laughs> meters tall i don't know how tall that is banking clan guy fuck what's what's, what's fuck. meters to feet um but he also uh he has two brains uh two sets of arms and two brains his second brain is in his chest <laughs> oh this guy sucks so bad. He's eight. He's eight foot six. He's eight foot six. What? what <laughs> Tall what queen. Did, what did two brains do? It seems like you'd want one brain. He's got a brain in his ass. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> real. My brain is in my ass. <laughs> Every time I sit, I black out. <laughs> Ken Jack, round it out. <laughs> God forbid I have Mexican food. You don't want to see my brain after that. Uh, <laughs> my, my last, but my, my or my second to last pick is a uh, uh, seal bibble. Seal bibble. <laughs> Damn it! In, in Phantom Menace, what a useless piece of shit seal bibble is. The governor of you Nebu must sign the treaty. It's like you you're a must. liar. Well, the death toll is catastrophic. You must sign the treaty. Just uh, this useless old cuck getting just. First of all, he, he got outvoted by like, a literal twelve-year-old to be queen slash king of Nebu. This guy sucks that bad. He sucks that bad at fucking being a politician. Then he just gets he gets cucked <laughs> by them, and then he gets cucked <laughs> by the droid army. Cucked by Ch- Coleman Trevor. By Coleman Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking your wife now, bro. <laughs> you must hot wife my lady. You must. <laughs> Put your, put your cruiser keys in the bowl. I will film it. I promise. He's just in the closet. It's the dark, dark room in the corner here. Mm. I sense you, see you.
Just a, uh-huh. a fucking stupid name too. On top, he of was digitally inserted terrible. in the movie. He wasn't even there for filming. And also, George Lucas's daughter made up the name Co Bibble. <laughs> Wait, he was digitally inserted. Yeah, yeah. He uh, during the principal photography attack of the clones, uh, Davies oh, was unable to attend as he was shooting another film. It was in a play. Nine months after episode two's principal photography had ended, Davies went to uh, reprise <laughs> the role. You want to not do Royal Shakespeare Theater and come back and be Seal Bibble, the <laughs> cuck governor of Nebu? <laughs> oh, uh, fucking uh, Seal Bibble. I'm sorry to pick you, but you've been through enough. He is at the end of Revenge of the Sith. He's at the funeral, which I actually didn't know until recently. Uh, you, are, you are still up. Actually, there is a YouTube video that you can watch. I wanted to note that. Uh, the YouTube video is 55 seconds long. It says, all Seal Bibble lines. He has 10. <laughs> you go check that out uh ken jack round it out all right yeah so uh my last pick is gonna be mama the hut uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is jabba's mom and i swear to god her name is mama the hut i swear to christ <sighs> uh there's just like it's really no real reason like you don't even really like see too much of her but i think she's the mom of zero in clone wars as well she's just a fucking unit like <laughs> they all are well yeah they all are but she is particular i'll send a picture in the chat she is fucking massive and she has like skin tags which i don't think you've seen on the huts before she's just he's just fucking huge a sign of distinction in the hut uh culture (laughs) she's the hut matriarch i mean she's the grand okay so she's the grandmother of jabba and the great grandmother of rada and gorga who are jabba's sons so, I mean, Zero the Hut is still the most incredible character in all of Star Wars canon, solely for the fact that they, she has, like, a, a Louisiana accent. Yeah, Zero the Hut, his Louisiana accent corrects me every time I hear him talk. But I'm just reading this now, the behind the scenes. It was inspired by the character Pearl, the massively obese vampire from Blade. So, <laughs> <laughs> good job, Filoni. Oh, my God. Uh, Trill, last one. I'm going to go with Sheev Palpatine. Mm. This dude's name is Sheev. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this one, Jim. The dark side is a pathway to some names that may be considered unnatural. Sheev. Imagine if Vader ever called him Sheev. What's up, Sheev? Don't call me that. <laughs> I go by Palpatine. Or Mr. <laughs> Did you know, do you know Lando's full name? No. no. Lando does have a full name. I did not know until I watched one of James's videos. Um, I gotta, I gotta pull up the old. Uh, uh, it's Landonis Balthazar Calrissian. Balthazar is kind of sick. I like that addition. Landonis too. Okay, it sounds like it's Roman. Landonis, yeah. <laughs> Lando, Lando Badisi Calrissian. <laughs> <sighs> uh, my last pick is I, I have to go back to the band, um, a character. Most notably known because in the original cut of the movie, you couldn't really see her. And then she was used basically as a marketing tool to show that you can CGI long like lips and make it look like it's sticking out of the camera. And that is the singer, <laughs> Cy Snoodles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Cy Snoodles is very creepy. Uh, she became a solo career, a career solo singer following Java's death. I don't believe that. She definitely died mm-hmm. in that. <laughs> Had to. No way she got out of there. <laughs> She's the only one who survived. She was the former <laughs> lover of Zero the Hut. Oh, oh what's God. Your, Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did yeah, do that right. in Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Imagine yeah. fucking a hut. <laughs> that doesn't even work. Oh, no. The oh, Max Rego oh. band members did survive, but they split up after the, the, the <laughs> cell bars blew up. <laughs> yeah, because they had to announce that they died in yeah. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. And then they became the Six Underground. <laughs> they're, they're actually on the transport that Chewie wasn't on. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ray's like, Chewie's still alive. I didn't kill him. The person's like, as it goes down. <laughs> the person's like, yeah, but you killed the Max Rebo band, Ray. <laughs> She's like, that's what he, that's the great disturbance in the force you felt after you shot down the fucking... Max, Max Rebo, his skull just being cracked underneath, like all the musical, the his keyboard. Uh, the airbags didn't go off. Max Rebo was a decapitated on impact. They detained the entire band and their musical equipment. Oh, so um, they're, they're playing that Burning Man festival. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can easily write this into the canon. <laughs> it'd be so easy. We could say it right now. No one would disbelieve us. Max we Rebo could, was there. We could edit Wikipedia. Well, what? <laughs> <laughs> let's, edit it, let's edit it in right now. Can we without getting in deep shit? What was the festival Wikip- called? <laughs> I oh, I forget. I right, forget. Was, oh. um, Just the last paragraph is like, the Max Rebo band played night three of the festival. <laughs> Uh, they were detained for the possession of uh, death sticks <laughs> this, by, and, by the first order, and this is like their big reunite, reuniting yes. tour. Like, <laughs> we come back one time only the four, the once for every forty two year fucking ceremony, <laughs> and Ma- the Max Rebo band is back together again. They died unceremoniously as Ray Skywalker used force lightning to blow up, their <laughs> shit. destroy them all. Size noodles was seventy. <laughs> Size noodles not even a particularly great dancer. No, no. terrible. Or not, or not dancer. Sorry, singer. Yeah. Uh, the audience's last pick is uh, the, the the criminal Doctor Cornelius Avazin, uh, the guy who says, "I don't like you either." In A New Hope, he's also because, of course, in Rogue One, you better watch yourself. And then apparently, I just learned. He is the personal doctor of Dryden Voss, the character played, uh, character played by yeah. um, shit. What's his name? That Damn. actor's name, Paul Bettany. Uh, Paul Bettany, played by Paul Bettany. Excuse me. In uh, in Solo, he he was nicknamed at one point Flopso. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> Roman swipe. I need. That's yeah. That's my nickname when I'm on Lexapro. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go through some honorable mentions? Yeah, if you got any, I don't. I don't really have any. Uh, but yeah, if you have any honorable mentions, go for it. I, I had Poggle the Lesser on here. Poggle, Poggle is just, Lesser, yeah. He was here. Uh, Bulio, new edition, but Bulio, Bulio made the list for me. Uh, Dud Bolt from the Boonti Eve Classic, and then uh, some says like Shavazo Press from like great character in Clone Wars. Dumb name, yeah. Um, Bib Fortuna, uh, Protectorate Gleb from fucking Battlefront 2, the campaign, because that's technically canon. And um, fucking Grease uh, Drydus. Grease Drydus from the new uh, Star Wars game. Oh, Pago yes. The, Pago the Lesser was the uh, the Genosian leader, the Genosian yeah. king, I think. That made uh, the Death leader. Star plans or whatever. Archduke Pago the Lesser is apparently... Mm-hmm. And he made those really weird-ass noises that everyone could understand for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's no... Uh, stuff. The Festival of the Ancestors was a celebration that took okay. place in the desert. <laughs> kind of want to put it in here. <laughs> of the Ancestors, Wikipedia. Um, the worst Star Wars character of all time, though. Who is it? Do you know? Come on, there's only one answer. I'm not even. I'm, I For name or character this. in general? There's not, there's not even a subjective answer to this. The worst Star Wars character of all time. He's in the prequels. Uh, well, Jar Jar? I don't know. No. 
Water? Ness? No, it's Newt Gunray. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Newt Gunray sucks. Gunray's a yep. full character. <laughs> Did any celebrities has have any celebrities appeared to themselves in like the Christmas special or anything like that? No, I I think like B. Arthur played somebody else. Oh, they played somebody. <laughs> what a ridiculous statement. I, I think I'm going to add in that little bit right now. Lin-Manuel <laughs> Miranda was in the movie. Was he really? In 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 Rise of Skywalker, like as like just looking like himself. Yeah. Mm. Fucking when when I missed that. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I think we're all kind of traveling, getting settled in, but we will do an episode this week. It's going to be a uh, a commentary of Home Alone three. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. That. That's I can't wait to do that. That'll probably be released on, on Thursday. We're not gonna release it on Christmas, so we'll, we'll find time to hammer that out. You can watch it on Disney Plus as we watch. It's basically, <laughs> it's messaging hard, hardcore listeners just fucking their moms. Like, Kevin, come downstairs. The family's opening presents. Not now, mom. I'm listening to the fucking big time movie boys, you bitch. <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't be our listener because our, our our listeners are good boys and respectful. Good boys. It's true. It's true. Uh, uh, schedule for movies. That's, uh, next week, we're going to be doing Cats and Uncut Gems. We're going to bump 1917 a week later. But we're going to do Cats and Uncut Gems next week. Very excited to talk about those movies. Uh, that, that'll be on, I think, Sunday. But we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll give an updated schedule, which we'll actually dip into 2020. That's it. Anything else? We're going to wrap up. That's it. Good episode, guys. Good episode. I think that we did good. List. Like, sure. Yeah, I got... I have Star Wars brain worms, so it was good to yeah. let them out. Good to let it out. Uh, okay, that's it. Uh, to, from all of us to you, whether it's Happy Hanukkah or Merry Christmas, have a happy holidays. Uh, for Ken Jack, Control Vaughns, I'm Jeff Lowe. We will talk to you later on in the week. Have a good week at the box office. Oh, won't you tell me you never move wrong Christmas and New Year We'll find you home There'll be no more sorrow No grief and pain Cause I'll be happy Happy Once again Once again. Once again. Yes.